This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. Hey, good morning, good morning. We are out at Davidson High School for the Dr. Christopher Mullenix Championship Drive. This is our first stop among 12 high school campuses that we will be visiting from now through early May. And the purpose is to talk with coaches from the spring sports. Now, we'll combine a few with basketball because we still have the basketball tournament going on. But we want to visit with spring sports. We'd like to give credit to baseball, softball, track and field, uh, talk about soccer, and all the programs that some of these high school student-athletes don't get credit for. And our first stop, and my good friend Rick Cawley. Rick, good morning. How are you? Good morning. We're honored to be first. I don't think I've uh, been first at anything in a really long time. And I do want to introduce Matt McCoy, I'm my coming, co-host. I'm, I'm, I'm stepping on Matt, Matt you... <laughs> You might want to wait till you get your headset on. Um, it's still the, the way to go in radio. It, it helps. I, when I'm you have just. That. I just drive the bus, Lee. That's just my job. I just, Ralph Cramden. Hey, I Ralph Cramden over here. That's exactly what I am. Boom! It's, right to the moon, so, so, Rick, yesterday we had an interview. We were talking to uh, Dave Armstrong, the Baker coach. And by the way, they won their game yesterday. Uh, LeBaron Filan had 32 points, and. You're going up to, I guess they played in Birmingham yesterday, I'm pretty sure. Montgomery, I think. They played Montgomery? I think. I thought he said they were, okay. I thought he said he was in Birmingham. And and I will say the Davidson girls did lose. I'm, we I'm did. sorry about that. Yeah, they, they had a great season. And replacing, you know, Kelsey Thompson was, was a big task. But they were fun to watch this year. It was a little bit different style of play. Uh, and, it, you know, they kind of. And when, when Coach Ship gets here, he'll probably echo that they played really great all year. And then the last couple games, they kind of hit a rut and just at the bad time, you know. So we had Dave Armstrong on yesterday, and Dave drives the bus. So he's got something. Awesome. You, when he's with us next week, you two maybe can compare notes. We can. We can. We can, we can tell bus stories. I mean, what head coach <laughs> of a 7A school on the way to a playoff game drives the bus? Uh, we we all do actually. You, uh, yeah. Uh, you, you, yeah. Coach Williams was uh, before the games got canceled yesterday. He was driving the bus to Alma Bryant to coach the baseball team, and our coaches drive to every football game. Seven A school, and you can't afford a bus driver. Well, we can't afford a lot of things, <laughs> but uh, this guy works. Let, this let, guy's listen, cheap. Let, hey, Rick, he works cheap. Rick, let me tell you, like we get that at WNSP. <laughs> trust me. I mean, hey, we're, we're always on a budget. Wait a minute, not just NSP, WZEW. <laughs> That's right. Don't leave. Don't leave out. <laughs> well, your... you, you came with ninety six five the crab and uh, ninety two five right. the soul. But you know, we get it done just like you guys do. Uh, we wear a lot of hats, and you know what? That's pretty awesome because. While he's driving, he can probably, you know, be coaching the guys on the way, too, while he's at it, you know? I, I think he, those guys probably have their earbuds in. And, oh, true. Uh, yeah, he yeah, could yeah, be yeah. coaching, but they're not here. They're not listening. <laughs> right, so, right. So, Rick, what happened with Mary G. Montgomery, their, their boys and girls teams? That that was postponed till Saturday, tomorrow. The, I, I know the weather became a factor, but I don't understand how you could play, I guess, in the morning because you're playing indoors. I, I don't know all the particulars, but a lot of games. But the only ones that affected our teams was MGM. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what went into that. Uh, you know, actually, I didn't even 
know it. I'm kind of a early to bed kind of guy. And, right here. Uh, I, I miss a lot of the things that happen at night. <laughs> and uh, you know, I didn't uh, I didn't know that those got canceled. I know it was in the afternoon when a lot of things got canceled, but. Uh, I don't know. With it being indoors, I, I don't know much about that arena. Maybe that played into maybe there wasn't a safe place to put people in case there was a warning. I don't really know. I don't either, but I do know MGA will play tomorrow. We've got a lot of games going on today. I'll get to that later on. I'm going to fire some headlines each of you, uh, Matt, or Rick, sure. to weigh in. Uh, Cam Newton's backup when Auburn won the championship was Barrett Trotter. He's been named the new head coach at Bayside Academy. Wow. Yeah, I saw that yesterday. Uh, you know, I didn't even know he was in coaching. I saw he was at Briarwood Christian when I saw the article, and uh, you know that's a that's a definite shift from uh, what they were doing. And you know, Coach Lazenby did such a great job there. Super guy too. You know, in the coaching world, uh, you meet a lot of different people, and he was always so good to me, and had no reason to be. Just nice. Just a good guy. Well, I hated to see, yeah, as you said, Phil, 16 years at Bayside. I, I don't know the circumstances. I, I thought he was doing a really good job there. But Yeah, yeah I don't know much about it either. Uh, you know, I, I wish Coach Trotter all the luck in the world because, you know, it's going to be a difficult uh, step in and so that's going to be different. Eastern Shore is getting to be the uh, melting pot for quarterbacks. Phil Rivers now at St. Michael's and Barrett Trotter at Bayside Academy. I'm always amazed that Bayside is as is, is competitive as they are. I mean, you know, for it not being as big of a school, you think, well, you know, maybe how are they going to stack up against a lot of other teams? And it's amazing what they're able to do. Well, I think sometimes when you look at programs and uh, why they win and how they win, uh, you know, some sometimes kids are just winners. And there's just a, you know, Spanish Fort. No matter what, no matter who comes in, no matter what they rotate, those kids are winners. They figure it out. Yeah. And uh, once you've built that and established that, it kind of just rolls. And that, that's a difficult thing to do. But when you're a community and that's what you believe and that's how it is, then it's, it's something that can carry on for years. The lead story nationally, did either of you watch Tiger Woods yesterday? I was on the uh, Golf Channel. I got home, saw a few holes. He started off kind of iffy, but, boy, he finished up with a flourish in his first PGA event in seven months. Tiger at the age of 47 birdied the final three holes. Rick and Matt, he got a standing ovation from. Of now he's the host out there at the right. Genesis in Los Angeles. But three birdies, he's at a 69 now, five shots in back of the leaders. Yeah, that's impressive. Uh, and he hasn't played in a while. And I'm not, you know, a huge golf guy, but just watching clips and things and seeing things, it looked like he was having fun. And uh, that's, you know, a big thing, especially. You know, you said at the age of 47, I'm 47, and, you know, that's the key to me every day is just having fun. So it looked like he was having a great time, and, you, you know, probably he's probably going to play well because of that. Well, I hope so, and it would be fantastic if he was around at the finish, too. I mean, if he's, well, you know, within yeah. a couple of shots of the leader. Anytime you say Tiger is in, in the hunt, you know, especially in the top ten, top five, you're going to garner interest, and people are going to going to definitely pay attention to that just because what he means to the sport. Oh yeah, we'll watch if he's in contention on Sunday. I'll, I'll definitely tune it in and really irritate my wife with that. <laughs> Tim McCarver, arguably one of the best, if not the best, baseball commentators of all time. Long, a lot of people. If I mention Tim McCarver, they're only going to remember him for calling World Series with with Joe Buck. Okay. 24 years, but I remember him having followed baseball since the 50s. Like he was like 21 years 
in the major leagues, mainly with the Cardinals and the Phillies. He caught Bob Gibson. He caught Steve Carlton. Well, unfortunately, he passed away yesterday at the age of 81. Wow, that's a legendary voice in uh, the world of baseball for sure. Speaking of voices, I saw this yesterday. I've been wondering what the Braves are going to do for their TV voice. You know, Chip Carey has packed it up and gone to St. Louis. So they have hired Brandon Gordon, who I do not know at all. But, and I'm hoping Nick can find a clip, he is the voice of the Madden videos. Oh, okay. I'm not familiar with him. Yeah, okay. All right. He's on the uh, the Madden videos, and he's done Fox. He's done some other things. Again, I am not that familiar with him. Kind of anxious to uh, see if we have a, a clip with him. Uh, Rick, who are some of the coaches coming in today? Uh, John Williams is coming in. He's our baseball coach. Uh, coach DeLonga, uh, he, he kind of runs our whole soccer program. He's, he's going to come in. Uh, coach Harmon was going to be with us. She's our women's soccer coach, but uh, she had a death in her family uh, yesterday. So uh, Coach DeLonga is going to speak for both programs. Uh, and Coach Ship's going to be with us uh, hopefully this morning. I know they had a long day yesterday. and. Uh, yeah, he also drives. Does he drive the bus too. He does drive the bus. <laughs> man, I, I think I have a backup plan. If this radio thing doesn't pan out for me, I'm just gonna come over here and drive a bus for you, Rick. I hope that's okay. Well, I think you know, could we afford drivers? Probably, but that you can shift that money somewhere else if you're able to just do it yourself. So there's a lot of things that sometimes that we do that we probably could, you know, outsource it if we wanted to, but. Uh, it saves you some money, and then with that money, you can do other things. You know, my brother, he called me this week, and it was he drives the bus, too, for this. It's, it's <laughs> Why like are you I, so surprised? I, I guess I'm not I'm, – I'm surprised only that in a postseason. Right. Because usually schools like McGill's going, they charter. Well, that's why Mark isn't here. Yeah. Yeah, Mark's yeah. because he's with McGill. Right. And he's not driving the bus. No, no, Mark is definitely, like, no, goodness, but, no. But the point is, like, my my brother is doing it for, it's I, I, it's like a high school team or something, or maybe even lower grades than that. It's a girls' uh, sport. And I, I, I think of it as a van, you know, not a bus. I just think, I don't know, postseason, Montgomery, Birmingham. Usually I, I picture head coaches in the front seat taking notes and doing things. I just don't see them well, I think, driving the bus. I think once you get into the routine of doing it, uh, it, it may settle your mind a little bit. So having that long drive, I, yeah. I love a yeah. good long drive every now and then where it's just me and I get to just drive. Okay, let me ask you this. Uh, I just saw it came out yesterday. The SEC Media Days is going to be in Nashville for the first time. If our station decides to send somebody like me, would you drive me? Well, I'm That's not a, long a bus drive. driver because I no, don't This is th- just a car. Oh, yeah, car. yeah, I'll drive you okay, up there. Well, no, uh, Lee, I'll take you in the bus. You will? Come we'll on, we'll go up this. at Air Sports hey, One. And then Come we wouldn't on. have to stay at the hotel. No, you could just crash in here. We could, we could broadcast. <laughs> We can broadcast from the Grand Island. Oh, man, Coach, did I put my Coach, foot in my mouth. Coach Saban. Oh, my Coach gosh. Coach Saban, before you go in to meet with this, the thousand mate, could you come in here man, into I the Air Sports One? Nick is not recording this right now because I know what's going to happen. Come, when is it? When, when did they announce uh, it? July 17th. Oh, man, yeah, that's going to be a hot drive in the old Air Sports One right yeah. there. 
Give I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah, we do. You I think it. you may want to get Coach Norman to drive you up because I think he's the personal reporter. <laughs> oh, no. I don't think he could. I don't oh, think no. Matt couldn't take no, that. He reports no. all things Nick Saban. Uh, so, uh, actually, Rick's got a point. He could play his guitar in the back. I could drive, you know, and then you could take notes, Lee. It'd be great. It's perfect. It's a win-win all the I, way around. I don't know if you're familiar with the Matt-Norman <laughs> relationship, Rick. I don't know where you pulled that one out. Are you familiar with the uh, – uh, No, I was referring to uh, the, the out kick ridiculous outkick story where coach Saban spoke at a clinic and then they you know kind of blindsided coach Norman with some questions and then it turned into coach Saban said and then it was a big story right 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 it seemed like he was saying so it didn't really happen that way but oh, you know I like to pick on coach you know Norman what? about being his personal reporter I'm yeah. indirectly responsible for that yeah yeah <laughs> no yeah. I am Lee, Lee, he's the re- deep throat he is he's no, the voice of uh, let me explain <laughs> all right all right okay I don't want to steal your thunder <laughs> no you go right ahead the uh, reporter <laughs> called me and asked me to give him some leads as to high school coaches, and I gave him a few, and Steve Norman was one of them. Blame me. Well, well. Coach Norman, I do all of Coach Norman's stunts because we're built the same. We have the same personality. And when we used to do the picks uh, in football season, Rick, I do all the, the celebrity voices. Well, you know, it started as a one-time thing, and it ended up happening every Friday. And we got about through three or four of them, and Coach Norman said, do you do any of that – or alive, either dead, or out of 1980, <laughs> you know. And I mean, it just went from there. So, by the way, we're there next week. Are oh, really? Yeah, we're All right, there. Next we go. Week. I'm bringing. All right, let's take a break. Uh, we're going to take our first break, and when we come back, we'll get a little serious, Rick. I want to talk about your stadium, okay? And where you stand with that. Also, give us an overview of the spring sports, and then we'll start getting into some of the coaches. So, uh, Nick's back in the studio. Matt's with me. Mark's on the road with McGill. Now they have a 10:30 game against Ooh, Park Crossing. Man, Theodore girls are playing today. In Montgomery, uh, McGill boys and girls are playing. Blunt is playing. Blunt boys and St. Luke's later today. So we have a lot of high schools hoping to get a win today, and we wish them the best. Also, when we come back, we'll talk about Saints running back Alvin Kamara. He has been indicted. So uh, stick around for that. This is the Christopher Mullinex Championship Drive. We are broadcasting live from Davidson High School from now until 9 o'clock this morning. Talk to you soon. Hey, this is former Mobile TV sportscaster Eric Clemens, and when I'm in town, I listen to 105.5 FM Sports Radio, WNSP. Edwards, no, it's going to be a keeper for Jackson, and an easy pitch and catch to Hayden Hirsch. So the tight end, Andrews, had the first touchdown grab of the day, and now the other tight end, Hayden Hurst, gets in here. Okay, I'm not, is that, Nick, is that Brandon Gordon, who's going to be the next Braves play-by-play announcer? Uh, yes, that is. Okay. That was his first time ever calling a real NFL game. Thank you. I appreciate that. I like it. I think think he sounds good. Well, he'll be doing – he's the TV voice now. He was hired. We thought maybe – For the Braves, right? For the Braves? Yes. We thought Hart might get it, who does a lot of SEC. But uh, Gordon, 
who does the Madden video, thanks right. Nick for that, is now, the, that's the first time I've ever heard his voice. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little uh, upset because I did the right in Trevanian vote. Apparently uh, it got <laughs> shot down. So Again? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Atlanta. Either. So, uh, by the way, uh, I, I saw this before we got serious about what's going on here at Davidson. See where Travis Kelsey's been signed to do Saturday Night Live, March yes, 4th? Yes, I did see that. I think that's going to be a great show. I think it would be better if they had both of them. The brothers. Both, both the brothers yeah. and the mom and have mom oh, yeah. come out on Absolutely. that one, too. I don't know if you saw the big parade or whatever, but uh, Kelsey got up there and started doing Master P. The uh, na-na-na-na. I know that's one of your favorite songs, Lee. But um, I think he's going to be a good character on SNL. I do want to thank some of our sponsors on Championship Drive, Barnes Family of McDonald's Restaurants, Greer's Markets, and Cash Saver. And Beefo Brady's Tillman's Corner. Todd Weissong is here in Air Sports One. He's going to be with us at 6.30, announce some awards to be given out. So when I think of Davidson now, I'm thinking football stadium. Rick, where do things stand? Uh, I've, it's getting pretty close. Uh, you know, I think we say that every time someone asks. But, uh, you know, just the slightest little thing down there, you know, kind of ties it together a little bit more. Uh, they poured a huge concourse out the other day, concrete. I think they're going to be laying sod at the beginning of next week. And uh, then hopefully by the end of next week, beginning of uh, the last week in February, they're going to start rolling out turf. And, uh, you know, then it really takes shape. Is it coming from Oklahoma State? Uh, I do not think so. All right. There's a story behind this at the Super Bowl, that slippery surface. Oh, yeah. Oklahoma State. uh, Through the grass. Taking a lot of criticism because the NFL paid them $800,000 for the base. Uh, and they have come out and vehemently denied it was their fault. They're blaming the NFL grounds crew because they say the grounds crew put rye grass over it, which leads to slippery conditions. It wasn't their turf. It was the rye grass. It was the rye grass. You know what a lot of people don't know? I think this is fascinating about the stadium in Arizona. It's on a trough. It, they actually roll it out like because of the – the, the weather conditions there, that's why the grass had to be grown and basically brought in because they're actually playing on a trough that goes in and out from underneath the stadium. Yeah, uh, they had some guy named the Sod Father that yes. took, took care of it every day or whatever, and apparently he's a huge Chiefs fan, and I saw you know a graphic where you know the, the Eagles slipped on 30% of their pass rushes where you know the Chiefs only slipped six times. So there's obviously... <laughs> The sod, the father, sod father. The fix was in. Oh my god! Uh, he read the script and got it taken care of. That is, I can see that now. Is Davidson going to be playing their home games next fall in that new stadium? Oh yeah, I, I, I mean that's that's a given. Yeah, I don't see any way that that would not happen, other than some sort of natural disaster coming in and making them start over again. So, w- what about the other stadiums? Are they going to be ready? Any other stadiums besides yours? Yeah, I think uh, Viger and Lafleur are pretty much done. Uh, BC Rain is kind of in the same situation we're in. I think we're we're maybe further along in the building process. Uh, but they're further along on the uh, rolling out the turf process. So I think I think everybody will be done, in my non-expert opinion. Now, you coached at Murphy, of course. You always played at Ladd, your home games, and you've been other places also. So how does this feel now as the athletic director, head football coach, to have you 
on campus? Uh, it's very cool, but also you start realizing uh, exactly what's going to go into it. I don't think uh, Davidson High School understands like the amount of work that it's going to entail to run an event because that's what a football game is. It's an event, and it's just not turning on the lights and throwing a ball out there. Oh, like yeah, It no. takes a lot of people to get it done. And uh, but the people here are good, and they always step up. But uh, it is—it's a huge undertaking, so it's kind of overwhelming. But at the same time, it's really exciting. And uh, just the—the the ability to have your own revenue is—that's uh, going to be big for our school. Who do you open up with? Uh, so we have a preseason game with Baldwin County. That'll be here. That'll be here. And uh, first regular season game. First regular season game here. We got, we played Baker, and we played our home game at Baker last year, so we got to go back out there. And then I believe it'll be Daphne will be the first game. Good one. Now, do you have? Do you know who's actually playing at Lad? Is Mur- I'm sure Murphy is right. Uh, Murphy will be playing at Lad, and uh, you know Williamson I think will still be playing there. Uh, so you know those two schools are kind of that Lad has always been their their place and. Uh, you, you try to move Murphy out of Lad, and people do not like that. Hmm. I can tell you this. It's a beautiful stadium. For those of you who don't know, it's right in front of the school just as you come on the other side of Pleasant Valley, and uh, it really is. I've run the stadium stairs just to test it out for you. I made it up two rows. And <laughs> two and three? Two or three rows, sat down, <laughs> ate some nachos, uh, had an adult <laughs> beverage. It was perfect. It was great. I think they're, 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 they're well put together. It helped me. You need an it event help planner? Me. It, yeah, yeah, he can, he can help there. us with the Man. event. Yeah. Uh, one thing we want to do is... put me in, Coach. Yeah, I'm we, ready. We want to put recliners on the high jump pad <laughs> and uh, raffle them off I'm every in. week. So I'm in, brother. You, you can win a recliner and Come we'll on, bring, bring you food every quarter. Absolutely. I want one that vibrates with the cup holder. That's oh, yeah, all that's, I need. That's, that's all we're going to have. Right there. Rick, and then afterwards he could put on a show for you. He's the number one... Oh, DJ, goodness. Well, I don't know about number one DJ. I've, but I've, or, I've, I've, I've called I've you the busy. number one. I've, I've been number busy one. this uh, Mardi Gras season, so yeah. getting up at four thirty this morning was a rough one. I'm usually going home at that time. So. Yeah, yeah, busy is good though. Yeah, it is. Okay, uh, Rick, we're going to give you a little bit of a break. Of course, you're going to be back with us at seven thirty to talk about your football program, about football in general, and even comment on some of the uh, spring sports. Uh, I believe your soccer coach. Kelly's going to be on with us. Todd Wysong from uh, Before Brady's going to stop in. He's got gift certificates for people not named Matt. Yeah. Hey, Matt, thanks for stopping by today. Hey, absolutely. The bus. Somebody had to bring Air Sports yeah, 1 here. Hey, somebody had to. I'm your guy. Rick, thanks for setting everything up today. Oh, no, thank all right? you. We'll it's be talking pleasure. to you. Don't go away. All right. I'm Lee Shervanian. Uh, Nick back in the studio running the uh, show for us. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk Davidson soccer. we got Before Brady's uh, gift certificates. And we hope you'll stick around. We also have Days of Revelry coming up, but that's a little later on. I will tell you that. So uh, a chance to win today also. Is that the uh, Davidson play-by-play announcer for soccer? <laughs> oh, definitely. I've got my son, Jacob, and he's already put his name in. He graduated two years ago, and he said, I'll be a great announcer, and he'd be ex- as excited as that. And the men's soccer coach, Kevin DeLang, uh, joining me right now, along with Matt McCoy and Todd Weissong from Beef Brady's. Why, why do uh, announcers in soccer have to call goals and last like five minutes yelling it? 
Well, th- think about this. In, in the game of soccer, you and we call it football, but in the game of soccer, for the, for the Americans, um, you've got to think about a goal is very special. It's usually a 1-0 game, a 2-1 two, two game. So when it happens in 90 minutes, that moment and that few tens, uh, 10 seconds that it happens is the most illustrious thing. So obviously it's going to be he's going to get excited about it. Anybody for fish and chips today? I don't know a good place about Beef O'Brady's and Todd Wessling. Somebody who knows a lot about soccer is our uh, host from last week. Todd, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing, sir? Pretty, pretty good. So um, first of all, you do have some gift certificates. Why don't we do that first? Sure. Uh, you know, what we started again this year, just like we did last year, is we're starting to get back to spring sports. Uh, get back to those communities, get back to those schools, whatever else they're willing to put in the effort for spring sports. So, again, we're going to announce 10 athletes every Friday for the next 12 weeks in reference to um, what they're doing in those fields as far as the spring sports. So today, of course, since Coach DeLonga is here, um, I'm going to announce the two for soccer. Men's soccer, of course, is Jonah DeLonga. And for women's soccer, it's KB Walker. Um, you know, I know, well, I know of Jonah. I mean, Jonah's been playing soccer since my child was in soccer and, and I couldn't imagine anybody else that's better for it. Um, the kid just is, he's a go-getter the whole time. I mean, I know Kevin can say all he wants to about him kind of thing, but just from me out looking at it, I mean, the kid gives his all the entire game. I mean, I, I don't ever see him just stand still like most players just kind of, if they lose a the ball, they're just like, mm, I'm just going to let him go. No, Jonah's all in. I mean, Jonah's, Jonah's one of those type of players that you get aggravated with because he wants to give 110% instead of just 70%. There's some great battles, actually, talking about uh, soccer. His son, Carter, played against Jonah and Jacob, and so the battles are always there. And, and they both individually won a couple and lost a couple against each other. But, uh, but yes, he definitely is a soccer guru in this world, too. So I, this is one thing I've noticed. Last week, Heim is here, and there's, like, you guys are at Beef O'Brady's. There's food and everything and then mark leaves and todd comes in and, and i'm here and well, we don't get any of that well the difference what, is where's uh, you didn't bring anything he, at all he's not, he's not a he's not an uber driver for no, no i know he's not but i'm just saying what do you I'm, expect i was there from six to nine we had to do something i'm here at six thirty in the morning that's true you did you did come all the way over i mean there, i didn't so. go to the restaurant first i was there at the restaurant to open up for lee because he got there at 5 30 right. in the morning all no right. I'm i was there at stuff. five that's right well, you I were there early i was very early because I wanted to make sure I got there and, and didn't miss the uh, turnoff or something like that. But that's my style. What's going on at Beef Brady's besides fish and chips today? Fish and chips, you know, we do our daily specials. We're, you know, we're out there just grinding it right now. I mean, we're, we're having a good time. You know, with, with Mardi Gras right now, we're having a good reflux of people coming from off the interstate, coming right after before and after parades right now. So it's a good time right now for us. Of course, next week with Mardi Gras, you know, we're expecting it to be very, very busy. Kids out of school, you know, but we expect it still to be continuously busy. Just come by, daily specials, Burger Monday, Taco Tuesday, Wing Wednesday, do steak fillies on Thursday, and, of course, fish and chips on Friday. Fantastic. Where are you, Todd, so people can find you easily? We are located at 4419 Rangeline Road, which is located right in front of Lowe's um, off of Rangeline uh, and the interstate of I-10, which is exit 17. Uh, we are open at 10 o'clock every day. Uh, we close at 9 o'clock every day during the week, except on Fridays and Saturdays. We close at 10. This man is working it, too, man. I, this man hustles over here. I know that. Uh, I've been in a time or two, even when you didn't know, and he's usually there doing something, working, 
either behind the counter, out in front of the counter. Yeah, they call me. Well, you know, I say I'm the best. You know, they they like me on the grill. I think my even customers will know that I'm working in the kitchen. If they know that things are coming out very quickly and and how the food is presented, they know that I'm in the kitchen. You work. grill at home too? I do not. I wish I did. I, I enjoyed it at home a long time ago, but now, no, not so much. It's one of those things. My wife's favorite question is to ask me, "Hey, what do you want for dinner tonight?" And I'm just like, mm, I don't know, because you know what, like whatever. I've been around food all day long, so it's really not an option. Kevin along uh, sitting in with us. He's the Davidson uh, men's coach. Why don't you bring us up to date on the men's program and the women's program so far? Okay, so let me start with the uh, the ladies first, because ladies are always first. Um, so with the ladies program, Wida Harmon is the is the girl coach and she's done a phenomenal job this is her third year coming in and it usually takes about three to four years to get the program where you sort of want it to be going in that uh, they got a, a kind of a mix between some seniors and some young talent coming in and uh, I look for them to make playoffs this year. Uh, KB Walker is one of the captains that uh, Beaver Brady's is obviously um, nominated this week and um, I, I believe that she can probably carry a, a, a good good amount of the um, of the team for the season to, to carry them where they want to. The goal really is to the, the goal to accomplish is to make playoffs, and, and that's this this year as they progress in that. But she's done a phenomenal job. Uh, uh, Weeder's taken it and and really run with it. On the boys' side, um, we got off to a little bit of a rough start, 2-2-2, two, two, and two. two wins, two losses, uh, two ties. One of the losses to the McGill Toolin over there, the Jackets, and that's always a hard loss. Um, but I always tell the boys, before we get into area play, which we played Tuesday night against MGM, and we'll talk about that in just a moment, but... Um, I always tell the boys, we go to the Southern Shootout, we play Fairhope, we play uh, McGill. So we could be 0-8, and, and I'm okay with that because that's the stages. It doesn't count just yet except for the record. Is your athletic director okay with that? Uh, uh, he uh, he kind of gives me leeway. He probably is not that I, not, I, might, I might lose my job because I lost to the Jackets. But that, other than that, I mean, <laughs> he might be okay with the 2 He's shaking fair. his head, no, I think you're okay. Okay, yeah. okay. So Todd's right. got some openings. I, I know he was looking for some boy, <laughs> yeah. boy <laughs> options at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. At least I know i got an option. There yes, you go. <laughs> but, uh, so I tell the boys, you know, 0-8, because is still a learning curve in there. By the time we hit area, we need to be perfect. And in the last four years, we've been fortunate. Uh, we have been 8-0, and 7-1, uh, that, that type of thing. So we started off with a, a good win against MGM. They gave us a good fight. Um, but uh, I feel like um, we're on track where we're at right now. Kevin, the uh, USA men's national team has an opening. Okay. Case. Uh, are you on the long list, the short list? Or, I, I get serious. Why, why are they having – what's the deal there? Why are they even – suspend the uh, head coach and does he have a chance to get that job back what's going on there with our national team well the i mean the suspension there, there's a lot of things behind that on that part i feel that there's just been so much turnover with regards to coaches and trying to get that right fit and and what i mean by the right fit it's the right fit for the style of soccer that the u.s a needs to play everybody has their own identity if you look at the 
um, kind of the Italian league. They're very slow, methodical, build up slowly, keep possession. Um, very, very good at keeping possession. If you look at more the English style, they're very good at going forward uh, quickly, still with possession. If you look at the Irish, they love that long kick and run. So I still feel that we've got to get a combination between a coach that understands what is the identity of the USA and then the USA taking the players of their talent and saying, okay, we, these are the type of players we've got. Now let's take these players and fit them into the identity that we believe will take us to a championship. So why not hire a coach? Because you want to get it right. I mean, think think about it. It's, it's a it's a big. Well, we say get it right. Come on, we're we're so far behind the other <laughs> European countries anyway. I mean, who out there is there? Can Todd do a job? I mean, Todd no. does soccer. I could not do that job. I mean, some I of the stuff that, that would. I mean, look, I don't know, and that's why I have you, Kevin. Why they even released the head coach? What was his name? I don't even remember his so, name. Uh, the um, Burkhalter. Burkhalter. That's yeah, right. Because so. of the conflict with the family. Yeah. So they lose. Was he good? He was good. He was very passionate about the game. I don't know if he had all the credentials within his resume. He wasn't necessarily a um, a top Jurgen Klopp, Liverpool type of coach or something like that. But he he had the he had some of the increments. Now that's the problem sometimes in the United States of America. If you're not winning immediately then you immediately starting to look, okay, what's wrong here, what's wrong there, and things. And someone always thinks they can do it better. I mean, that's why you put me on the long list is because you said, hey, can you do it? So immediately my ego goes kind of go up, yeah, yeah, maybe sure. I can. Yeah. But then I feel but, like. But aren't we, okay, we're hosting with Canada and Mexico. That's and correct. Was, doesn't this a setback? Shouldn't we have a coach? No, Todd, you don't think so? I don't so? think it's a setback. Because you, you, only, you only have like, what, two and a half years to get ready and don't you have to start molding now i mean these these players we have now are so young in, in, in nature i mean literally i think what three quarters of our team starting lineup are playing in the premier league right now yeah. so they're getting the te- they're, they're getting the touches so really for a coach to come in it's got to be technical to a point where you know like kevin said we're bringing american soccer but now these kids are learning how to play european soccer which we've never done before so you got to bring in a type of coach that's at a higher level than those European had, versus American. We had American. a European coach, uh, that guy from Germany. That Jürgen, didn't work out. Jürgen Klopp, yeah. Yeah, that didn't work out. But but you got to remember, though, his style of play may not have been suited to what the USA... The, I feel the, the big thing is that the USA has to find their identity of who they are on the field with the type of players, now that they've got these young players, and nurture them to become... The great nation that that I feel they could be. Is this, is this your cross country team out there, running? <laughs> we need <just, laughs> to hire them. Three students just came bolting yeah. out of the cafeteria. Yeah. That reminds me of when I was in high school. There's no telling, but I bet there's some spray paint in there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was there something about the food? Uh, may, maybe they heard about Beef O'Brady. Uh, yeah, maybe oh, they wanted to get out. So you should. <laughs> Todd's going to drive you to Beef O'Brady's instead of the school cafeteria. Man, and I, 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 I don't know as much about this. This obviously, as, as Kevin and, and Todd do, uh, I'm being a fan of the song. I think it, you hit on it, Kevin, too, when you said in the States, we're so used to winning and being great at everything. And this does take time. When you when you have players and you put them together, you're right. If you don't have an identity, they can be the greatest players in the world, but if they don't gel, it's not, it's just a, not going to work. Isn't there a coach in the professional ranks here in the United States? 
I mean, most of them are European anyway, aren't they, or no? Am no, I wrong on that? Not necessarily. Um, I don't know. I, I don't want to put anybody's name out there. I, I don't. I don't feel that there is. I feel like it needs to be a, a true transition. Uh, probably, maybe even a clean slate of of somebody that were unexpected to to come in. But I think it's going to take the time to really take that interview and make sure that they are in tune to where the United States is going on that part right there. they got to know where they're going. They need the driver. They need the bus driver there to you get go. in there. That's what they have. need. <laughs> I just look at this entirely different. We haven't been success- that successful anyway, so the people they've been choosing, that that hasn't worked. Is it? It's more about the players and the coach. Todd, correct me. I mean, it, it is. I mean, you're always going to put all that emphasis on the coach. I mean, even the Premier League. I mean, we're looking at coaches now that are getting fired because they went on a six, you know, game losing streak. I mean, it is the players out there doing it. But structurally, it still comes down to training. It still comes down to mechanics of what formation you're in, who's making the right subs, who's the starting lineup. So there is no more parameters than just saying put 11 out there and see what happens. I mean, Kevin's been in the sport for a very long time. Bones in my jaw that don't have a flaw, my shiny teeth and me. My shiny teeth that twinkle just like the stars in space. My shiny teeth that sparkle and beauty to my face. Uh, what better tune than to usher in our title sponsor, Dr. Christopher Mullinux. I'm Lee Shervanian. We're Davidson High. In a minute or two, you'll be hearing from John Williams, the baseball coach, Todd Wysong from Beef Brady staying with me. Matt, of course, has no place to go, so he's here, too. All right, let's uh, – corner. I want to uh, talk to Dr. Christopher Mullins. Chris, good morning. How are you today? Morning, guys. Doing well. Enjoying your show. Well, it has been very enjoyable here. It's the roundtable, kind of. we got a lot of headsets being uh, used this morning. Dr. Mullenix, let me ask you, since this is the first go-round, we're going to be doing 12 of these shows, and we may have new people listening. What do you specialize in at Downtowner Boulevard? Absolutely, Lee. Well, first of all, I'm happy to be part of the program again. I really love high school sports. I think these days it's the truest form of sportsmanship, and uh, really excited you guys are doing this and happy to be the title sponsor. As far as what we do at 715 Downtown or Boulevard, we do oral and maxillofacial surgery, which for most people, the things they obviously think of are third molar removal, wisdom teeth, dental implants, facial trauma, facial reconstructive surgery, um, things of that nature. So we run a full-scope practice. We have a surgery center in our office. So most of our procedures are done in office. But we have hospital privileges and can go to the hospital if patients need us to. As far as uh, appointments, can you uh, clue us in on how you go about getting uh, either Absolutely. you or one of your associates? It's very easy. Um, most of our patients are referred by their dentist, their physician, or the hospital. However, no referral is needed. If you have a need or think you have a need for oral surgery, you can simply call and get an appointment. The number is 251-471-3381. We have a website with all of our paperwork, forms, and information at mobileoralsurgery.com. So it's easy to do. So we're a phone call away. Phones answered 24-7 in case of emergency. His staff is amazing, too. They are so uh, um, amazingly attentive to everybody who comes in. I've been in several times, and I'm always impressed by just how Boy, man, how many much implants care they have you had? Um, I've had Doctor Mullinex knows me. I mean, he's had he's had I've to had, work on I've some of my I've got you beat easily. I'm up to seven or eight. What are you talking about? Well, I'm a little younger than you, you Lee, are. a little bit, but no, Doctor Mullinex so, is the best. So, Chris, let me ask you. Uh, John Williams is a baseball coach. If John, if one of your players unfortunately gets hit in the mouth with a baseball or something like that, can he get an immediate appointment? 
Dale? Absolutely. We, we pride ourselves on getting patients in as soon as possible. We realize emergency happens, uh, life happens. It doesn't always follow a script or a playbook, and you have to be able to adapt and make, uh, make adjustments. So if you have an emergency or even an urgency, we'll do our best to get you in uh, most of the time the same day. Chris, thank you so much. We'll check in with you next Friday. I really appreciate you coming on as our title sponsor. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Have a great weekend. Todd, do you have a uh, certificate for baseball? Yeah. So today uh, for Davidson High School for baseball, we are going to give Logan Hetzman uh, the uh, Beef Braves Athlete of the Week at Davidson High School this week. All right. Yeah, Lo- Logan's a great kid. Uh, he's a senior for us. Um, the coaches and myself, we, we describe him as solid He's just a solid guy, works works super hard, um, and he, he works hard for everything that he has and, and that's the kind of uh that's the kind of guy you can win with right there. And so we're really proud of Logan. Um, it's his senior year and he's gonna he's gonna have a fantastic season. John Williams is the baseball coach from a very, let's say, athletic family. Uh, I know we've had your brother on when we went to Alma Bryant. Uh, I think he was the AD when I went there. But you guys changed positions so fast I can't keep up with you. <laughs> so Kevin's a, um, Kevin was the athletic director at Bryant. Uh, he was a head baseball coach for, for a long time, and, and he coached a few places. But uh, now he's an assistant principal. He was at Lott Middle School, and now he's at Causey Middle School, which I know is really good for him. His daughter goes to school there, so he's very, very happy um, uh, in that role in our school system. So what's going on with baseball now? You played one game? Well, we we, uh, we had opening day yesterday, but we actually didn't get to play. I, I joked with Coach Collie that I was going to come in and say we we won. I don't I don't know, but we didn't get to play. Uh, the the weather, uh, just that that weather that was coming in, it kind of it kind of threw everybody for a loop, and so some games got canceled. But but we're going to play tonight or today, I think this afternoon. We're playing at Spanish Fort High School, and we're opening up with Prattville. Good luck. Thank you. I mean, you're going to get. You think you're going to get the game in? Yeah, sure. I think it'll be fine. They'll get out there. They're gonna get out there and get that thing fixed up, man. It's gonna be. It's gonna be great. I'm looking forward to. You it. Got a lot of good players uh, back from last year. Absolutely. Uh, we have five seniors: um, uh, Logan, Bryce, Fick, Kennard, Knight. Uh, we got. We got a. We got a number of. Uh, a number of really good players. Um, so, you know, Bryce Fick is kind of the guy that that people are talking about. He had multiple opportunities to play uh, college baseball and. Um, and he kind of settled in on Bishop State. He wanted to stay home. Uh, he's got some younger siblings that, that he really loves, and he likes taking care of his younger twin brothers. And uh, So he's going to stay home and play at Bishop State, which Coach Hattenstein's done, done a really good job there of uh, building the Bishop State program up. And so Bryce wanted to stay home and, and play there. By the way, I wanted, Matt, he, yeah. John gets it. Usually radio stations do the giveaways. He comes in and gives oh, us look shirts. At this. Yeah, he yeah. brought he brought he shirts, it. and I, I can I can I can almost smell Tim Finnegan on this shirt. <laughs> like it, like he had something well, we to do with really this. Need to hear it. Yeah, that. I'm yeah. just saying, just saying. <laughs> how how does Tim Tim smell? It, 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 like, yeah, really. Uh, uh, you know, I'm not maybe a little sweaty. Uh, you know, uh, for the most oh, part. Uh, these shirts weren't new, right? These were <laughs> brand, they're brand new. Yeah, they're, they're, these are brand new. These are these are shirts our, our guys wear to practice. And uh, Tim Finnegan, Tim Finnegan does those for us at Lemon Tees down on Dolphin Street. And uh, I love Tim, man. Tim does a great job. Although I got to call him last night and talk about how the Jags beat Southern Mississippi. They they kicked their tails last night in basketball. Yeah, it was, awesome. It was I, awesome. I when I saw that score this morning, I mean Southern Miss is a they're really good. They're like 23 and four. It's like a 31 point win last night. 
Yeah, yeah, it was, you, it was a great win. You want to stick around for a few minutes? Yeah, sure. You got any place to go? You're not going to be practicing now, this, right? This is a joke up here. I'm good. <laughs> wow. Oh, they got sad. this I'm under gonna, control, man. Gonna, they got it all under control. I'm going to find a shoehorn to put this T-shirt on that uh, Tim gave for me here. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah, excited about this. <laughs> Todd, you're not going anywhere, are you? No, where do I got to go? I don't open until 10. <laughs> Come saying, on. Man. We're here, man. We're talking. We're having, All we're right. having fun. Uh, we I do want to thank some of our uh, sponsors, like uh, Rich's Car Wash, Ward International Trucks, LLS Air Conditioning, Green and Phillips, Injury Law Firm. Hour number two coming right up. We'll talk more Davidson. Also, we'll be talking uh, Davidson Spring Football with Rick Cawley, Matt, Todd, and myself. This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. All right, Mark's got the day off. Uh, Baker High School advances to the regional finals. They won their game yesterday. Davidson was eliminated. Charlie Ships, the head coach, will join us in a few minutes. Some of the other headlines, Barrett Trotter announced as the new football coach at Bayside Academy. Saints running back Alvin Kamara won a four indicted in Las Vegas on charges relating to the alleged beating of a man in February 5th. 2022. Former Major League catcher and longtime broadcaster Tim McCarver passed away from a heart failure. He was 81, and the voice of Madden Video since 2017, Brad and Gordon, is now the TV voice of the Atlanta Braves. And the SEC announced that this summer's SEC Media Days will be held July 17th through the 21st in Nashville. I'm Lee Shervanian. We're at Davidson High School for the Christopher Mullenix uh, championship drive joining me matt mccoy also todd weissong with uh, beef o'brady's and baseball coach john williams and john i wanted to keep you on thanks to todd bringing this up what's the story <laughs> blame like, him thanks yeah thanks. what's the story Sorry, with john. the umpires so the short answer is i don't really know um, Todd, what do you know? If he can't answer, what do you know? <laughs> well, you know, Simone's all good about bringing this all out. Yes. It seems like there might be a little dispute as far as pay going on between the umpires and the Gulf Coast area. So, you know, I just brought it up. I mean, if, 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 are there going to be issues? And, and John, you know, said off, you know, off air or whatever else. He doesn't really feel like there's going to be that many issues. So that's great. And that's kind of where it was at is I just want to make sure that, you know, one, we're paying these umpires to do their job because it is a tough job to do. I mean, not only are they going to deal with just the game itself, but they got to deal with the parents because they feel like everything should be a strike or a ball. they got to deal with coaches. So they have a lot on top of them, and so I think that they should get paid, you know, accountable. So, so I'll say I, I have enormous respect for the umpires because uh, I've tried to umpire at practice, and uh, it's very difficult, and I'm not very good at it. Um, and they're much better than I am. And, and anybody that's, that's been around me knows I don't go out there and let the umpires have it like, like some guys do. And, um, and I don't know how that comes off. I guess maybe some people think that I don't argue enough. But I have enormous respect for what they do. Um, everybody in this situation thinks that, that they're doing what's right. Um, so, you know, it's just one of those things. We'll get through it. I don't, I don't expect there to be interruptions to play, uh, which is good. We'll get to – Go to Spanish Fort tonight if the weather holds out, and I'll see our left-handed pitcher, Mitchell Turner, go on the mound and watch our guys. We have a big hitter, a senior named Mose Piper. I want to see him hit the ball in the gap, and there will be umpires there to call the game. I'm pretty confident in that. John, uh, 
I can't thank you for coming on. You know, I was at the visitation for your father who recently passed away. He did so much for sports in this area, especially for South Alabama. I mean, he was just the rock in, in all the years that I have known him. Uh, I think that didn't they just dedicate a golf tournament to him just recently? They did. Uh, South Alabama hosts a, a very large um, collegiate golf tournament. Uh, here in Mobile, and uh, they just renamed it the the Hal Williams uh, Collegiate Golf Tournament. So uh, we're really proud of that. They had a super cool uh, logo that had Dad used to wear a sweater vest and tie to to most of the sporting events. He was a athletic director at South, and he wore a lot of different hats. But uh, he was in he was over game operations, so he was at all the games. And um, you know the the outpouring that we felt from you know not just South but just people in the community. Uh, coming together and and the people here at Davidson have been so uh, kind kind to me. Um, you know, I just my family's felt so much love from that, and and we're super proud of my father. Uh, like you said, he he was our rock. And I mean, on the inside of my baseball hat right now, I was telling my mom last night at the South game at the basketball game, uh, I put in there, "Be like Dad." You know, so I look at that whenever I I kind of lose my temper or. You know, whatever whatever it is that I'm I'm going through coaching or here at work, I can just remember to look at that and and try to be like him. Because did he ever give you advice on coaching? Because I I, I lose <laughs> knowing him as much as I did about him because I was with him at these events. You know, the South Alabama games and everything. I kind of lost sight of the fact he was a coach even prior to that. So yeah, I mean, he did. But Dad was always really good about you know he would ask questions and and man, he was just supportive. You know. Uh, with the South coaches, with with me and my brothers that are coaches, and my little brother that's a band director, my brother Mike, who's who he works at also, but he's just super supportive. He wants to learn, and then um, when things aren't going so well, he's just like, you know, he'll tell you, hey, you know, I want you to be successful. I, you know, I want you to, you know, I'm, I'm in your corner, you know, and um, and that's what I think I'm going to miss the most about him is that he was just always in our corner, you know, and um, and man, he he was just the he's the best father I could ask for, and and. Uh, and yeah, man, we're gonna miss him. A, we're gonna miss him a ton. Really, it was a, a nice couple of events. You know, the, the passing away. It was so sad to see that. And, and as, as I recall, it happened. He, he was on his way to a Saints game, as I think, right? Uh, yes, sir. They, he was with my three brothers and um, and one of his grandsons, and they were walking uh, to the Saints game in the rain, the last Saints game of the, the season in the rain. And um, said he felt dizzy, and he he had. Um, they don't really know exactly what happened, but he went into cardiac arrest, and then, um, you know, and, and then the rest, you know. Well, I hope your mom's doing well. Yeah, I th- I, I, um, yeah, I think she's doing about as about as well as, as she can. She is, uh, you know, they were married for 45 years. You know, that's a long, long time, and um, you know, she's 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 making it. It's day to day, but uh, but she's got a lot of support, and uh, she is a very very strong mother, and and. Uh, She's a very, very strong woman in our family. I was, I was very blessed to actually be recruited by Coach Williams. Really? Whatever else. Yeah. So Where? actually, in Where 1991, golf? I came out of golf. Yeah. So I, I got recruited by him um, to come to South Alabama. And uh, one of the greatest things about him was just his passion for what it was. I mean, he he led that situation, and it was just like so. It was an honor to meet him. Um, of course, I graduated from South Alabama in '93. Um, running track and field instead but um long story short is i you know i've been around the south alabama pretty much ever since i've been alum and i mean coach williams you couldn't ask for a better person i mean he would even to this day i mean he he if i saw him i literally i saw him about a month before you know that this 
tragedy happened, but um, I mean, he walked up to you like he knew me just from like 1991. I mean, he, I, I, it was amazing the man could remember anybody and everybody as far as the program was concerned, and and that's what was good about you know what Coach Williams did. Well said, John. We wish you the best. Good luck this year, this baseball season. It's great having you with us. It really is. Thank you. I really appreciate you guys having me. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. All right, we're out at Davidson High School. I want to get the uh, girls' basketball coach Charlie Ship. He's back from Montgomery, and find out how did th- I know. It was not what you wanted. You, you lost. How, what happened during the game uh, yesterday? Well, we started uh, start out, you know, playing well. We had a lead, had the lead pretty much the whole game. Uh, my point guard got in foul trouble, so that hurt us. But uh, they, I think they took the lead with about three minutes to go in the ball game. It was back and forth all the way, and we wound up losing by four. How, uh, just talk about the season in general. I mean, were was this a team that you expected to go a lot further this year? I graduated everybody last year pretty much. And including uh, Kelsey, right? Who Kelsey went to Thompson. South. I had several of them. Uh, you know, probably 80% of my scoring. This was a different team. Uh, like I say, they, I think this team overachieved. So, Let me ask you something. You played at uh, Garrett Coliseum, right? Correct. Montgomery. Correct. And I, I don't hear great things about this place. I've never been there, so I don't know. I know there's better, there's some nice places up in Montgomery. And I know, you know, as we here in Mobile, don't we try or make efforts to get these tournament games down here? Well, obviously, we don't do a very good job. <laughs> uh, <laughs> haven't I, been successful I, yet. I'd love to have it to South Alabama. Uh, when we had it South, we usually came out there winning the, the South Regional. Uh, but it's... Each, each place, cities bid on to host, and it was in Dothan for several years. I was, they were losing money. The state was losing money, so they put it back in Montgomery. <clears throat> but I'd love to have it in South Alabama. It's just going to take people, you know, to want to host it. That, that's the biggest thing. South's got to want to host it, and they need to get it back down to Mobile. Is that venue you played in yesterday, uh, what word should I use to – that I've heard others say, a dump. Oh, uh, I hate it, but that's what I was told. I don't know. I've never been there. It's cold in there. I know that, but it's uh, <laughs> you know, like I said, it's, it's it's very old building. I know that it looks like it was built in the 1800s. I'm not sure. Historic. 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 It's historic. But uh, you know, every team that goes, you know, they have the same disadvantage that we have. So I would love for it to be at South Alabama or. Uh, you know, a better arena. Well, that's one of the reasons I'm I'm actually filling for Mark today because you know they're in Garrett. Yeah, going up there to to play the game. I know Mark and I talked about that yesterday. Yeah, but I I did games for the University of Mobile, and we were at the multiplex, the Crampton Bowl. It was really nice, and plus you had baskets behind the curtain where you could practice. That's where the All Star. Uh, let me see, last year's All Star game was. They use it for a lot of things. For some reason, they want to find the biggest arena they can have for, you know, for regionals to hold the... Well, how much does Garrett hold? I mean, uh, did they fill up? Probably had about 10% of capacity yesterday. It was probably, you know, there was a lot of, vac- you know, vacant seats. But it's, it's you know, the regional's not here. It's not going to, you know, fill up. The largest regional down at South Alabama filled up one time when uh, LaFleur and Viger played, I think it, you know... About 12,000 people attended that game. Uh, I can't remember what year it was, but your northern regionals, 
up north they fill out they pack the gyms uh one eighth two a schools they they send the whole county to the regionals well coach i think you got uh you got uh, some big guns right here i think lee i can feel like he's ready to jump on this like like he wants to you want it here well my my point is if in fact the coaches i've talked to find this place not so great to play in why doesn't the state change the venue there's got to be i mean todd you're familiar with Jim, I mean, venues up there. I mean, Faulkner's nearby. Alabama State's nearby. The multiplex to me is really nice. I, I just don't get it. Well, I'm sure that's I'm, the biggest thing about that is anytime you go into a college campus, I'm sure the colleges are wanting to get a little bit of kickback as well. So this is probably more or less a county or a city, you know, facility that they're allowing the, the city to get a little bit of money off that backing kind of thing. It's unfortunate. But, I mean, that's where it is everything. Char- I, mean, I mean, Charlie, you've been in coaching basketball now for how many years uh about 23 yeah and if they don't listen to you who are they gonna listen to <laughs> lee shervanian no that's what's what i think i don't know i, I have no <laughs> clue on that one but it's uh you know the, i can't you know the dothan venue was they were great as far as oh, the, that was such a long trip though long, come on now I, every time yeah. you had to go down there it's like three three and a yeah, half I'm, hours yeah i'm talking about the people that yeah. ran it they were great hospital you know hospitality uh the people that uh, Garrett Coliseum, they're super nice. You know, the people are nice. I'm not saying anything, you know, great about the facility, but, you know, the people that ran it, they, they do a great job. You uh, got a lot of attorneys for next year? Well, I've got uh, two players that started. They've been with me since eighth grade. Uh, they'll be, they're both juniors. I'm only two juniors, and they're perfect players. They, uh, you know, say, come to gym. They work hard. They don't say a word. So uh, they're going to have to lead us back to uh, regionals next year. Everybody else is young. I graduate four seniors. But like I say, with these two, uh, they both run guard, point guard, and they, they rotate it. Uh, but they'll, they'll spend from now until next basketball season in the gym shooting shots and, you know, working in the weight room, whatever it takes to get back. We just don't have any. We'll, we'll lose all our post players, you know, most of our post players, but uh, this is probably, you know, this was a perfect team to coach. They great attitudes. They worked hard. They overachieved. Uh, nobody was expecting us to go this far, but uh, we dropped the first two games of the season up in uh, Montgomery, and then after that we won 25 out of 27, and we upset uh, one of the top teams in Mississippi. So they had some, you know, great moments this year. Uh, it's just we just had one bad shooting day and our season's over. Charlie, I gotta let you go. All okay. right. All right. And go outside and enjoy the rain here at <laughs> Davidson. And it's great seeing you again. All right. So uh, we're gonna take a break and then when we come back, uh, eventually we're gonna get to Rick Hawley talking spring football. Todd Weissong's gonna stay with us, Matt McCoy, I'll believe Shervani, and Nick back in the studio. Coming up next, we've got a uh, weather update, I've got traffic and a scoreboard. We are at Davidson High School, the Dr. Christopher Mullenix championship drive from Davidson High School continues on WNSP and WNSP.com. Hi, this is Bill Hancock, Executive Director of the College Football Playoff, and you are listening to WNSP 105.5 in Mobile.
All right, it's time to welcome in Alec Naiman of Naiman's Catering. And, you know, we talked last week, Alec, you mentioned about the uh, Jag baseball. Well, it starts. Uh, in fact, they have a double header. You got UAB in Eastern Kentucky at noon, then the Jags in this Jaguar Classic uh, hosting Northwestern State. Uh, what you got cooking over there at uh, Eddie Stanky Field later on today and tomorrow? Well, well, I'll be I'll be trying to make some of the games there myself. I'm telling you, it's uh, going to be a good weekend for baseball. So, it uh, I want my Jags to really pull it off and start the season off with a bang. Of course, we we trying to wrap up Mardi Gras here these next five days. I'm about to about to wear out my whole team there. They they so tired, but I'm telling, hang in there, hang in there. We are almost to the finish line. I guess, you know, Lenten season will start, so we'll be featuring a lot of seafood, a lot of gumbos, crab soups, a lot of our seafood dishes and all that. Of course, corporate lunches, if you need something at your office for a meeting or just a good uh, good employee appreciation luncheon or breakfast or whatever, give us a call at 473-3900. Look us up on the web at namenscatering.com, and, of course, give us a like on Facebook because we like that kind of stuff. Guys, what it's I be a know. great weekend after we get past the rain today. So I'll give you my famous uh, gold jacket. Wait, I want to know when up. we're getting. I want to know when we're going to get the Alec name and throws at the parades, Alec. That's what I, I've noticed. That it used to just be the leprechaun and the little pillows. We need an Alec name in one. I think just your face <laughs> and you squeeze it. It goes gold jags. What do you, can we work on that? I, I, I've got my agents working on that right now. You know it's. Uh, it's poke me, and I'll tell you, go. <laughs> hey, Alec, Can't thank wait. you so much for Can't joining us and having to put up with Matt. I really appreciate that. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Stay dry. Uh, before uh, before we take the break, uh, Rick Hawley back with this athletic director, football coach, but Todd Weissong from Beefo Brady says a few more certificates to announce. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and announce all of them again real quick. Um, so, you know, each week we're going to give away spring athletes, uh, the uh, – Athletes of the Week, sponsored by B4 Brady's. Uh, we're at David H- Davidson High School, so this week we're doing Logan Hetzman for baseball, Jonah DeLonga for men's soccer, K.B. Walker for women's soccer, Jonathan Woody for men's golf, Faith Barnett with women's golf, Kaylane Butcher from s- softball, Sume Patil from men's tennis, Madeline Brochert from women's tennis, Lily Hoyle with women's track, and Aaron Vaughn with men's track. How do you do, Rick? Pretty good on the names? That's pretty good. A lot better than I would have done. And yeah, a lot better than I would have done. <laughs> I've gotten this practice mode now. I'm, yeah. I'm, t- I'm doing some announcing, and I'm just kind of getting in the thick of things here. I hate that the Braves actually made their announcement for their new play-by-play guy. I think Todd had a shot oh, at I think it. Look I at should, that, man. I think I should put in for it next time. I next think I time. should go send, you know, send something to him. Absolutely. The only problem is we don't know where it's going to be because Bally's is going bankrupt. (laughs) (laughs) He he may be be broadcasting a very small. I don't know. Todd, I can't thank you now. Are you leaving now? I am. i got to go to work. You know, that's my second job. It's not this, but it's the other You did well, though, on the first job here. You did very, very well. Well, I appreciate you Let me know about that greeter job that he's going to give me, too. Exactly. Do you need somebody to drive you? He's he's available. I know. I heard that. He's a bus driver now. This is awesome. It's what I do, brother. It's what I do. Todd, thank you so much. Appreciate we really guys. thank Beefo Brady's, our participating sponsor for the uh, championship drive. Rick, when we come back, it's all you. Sounds it's great. It's all on you. Sounds great. No right. pressure. No then pressure. Then Rick Foley, uh, Todd Weissong, uh, Beefo Brady's, among our uh, participating sponsors with Greer's Market and Cash Saver. So uh, we still got 90 more minutes to go. We got Dan Jennings coming up oh, in yeah. the next 90 minutes. We've got Jamal Lett, uh, South Alabama football coach who went to Davidson. He's also scheduled. 
champions. Looking, somebody's going to walk away with a WNSP prize if they get to the phones. Oh, yeah. This is the uh, WNSP Days of Revelry this yeah. week. Man, I'll tell you. The, and I've seen the Toomey's prize packs. They're awesome. It's a little bit of, of, of everything to really make you feel like Mardi Gras Lee. And my favorite in there, it's a little roll of toilet paper, and it says, let's roll on it, you know, with a little Mardi Gras symbol on it. I was like, that's that's a great throw right there, and a useful one, too. You've uh, <laughs> you've covered how many parades so far? Oh, my goodness. Uh, five parades. I've emceed three balls and DJed uh, four of them. You're kind of like the father of Mardi Gras, aren't you? No, basically? goodness, no. Chico, Chico is Chico, definitely who's Chico. Chico, the drummer, of oh. course. Chico <laughs> uh, is the is probably I would say that, and maybe Darwin Singleton next on on 15. But yeah, I, I do a lot of the Mardi Gras stuff. I love it. And then of course for our uh, little brother station over at 92 Zoo, we're set up right next to the garage. They have like a, a really nice paved area over there that's fenced in, and we set up right there. It's a good place for kids to come right and get throws because. They can come in behind the fence, and we get on the PA, and we're like, hey, throw stuff to the kids. And they, the riders are usually pretty Do you good. throw stuff? No, well, I, no, 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 I, unless I'm in the parade. But you that's what I, that's yeah. my, have you been in a parade? I have, this, actually. This year? Not, not this year. Not this year. But uh, I think we're going to be the look for uh, Air Sports 1 in the Sarahland Parade tomorrow. No, yeah, you're you're driving your first one in a parade. But how do you throw stuff out of these windows? So, so what you have to do is you have driver and passenger side, and then you have the side door because outside of emergencies, that's that's the only thing. So, where are you going to be now? Uh, It's the crew of Sparta in Saraland. Parade rolls at noon. Look for Air Sports One. It'll either be me. We're trying to convince Bronner. And uh, Labounty to 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 come out and be in the bus too. But I'm I'm getting I'm getting some blowback from them. You know. Well, they me want... and my kids will be there, so if oh, you see us, awesome, throw, Rick. Us, yes. throw, throw the girls all the things. Okay, we will uh, definitely do it. We, 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 so what do you have to throw? Like I said, when we're set up at the garage, we get a ton of stuff, so we just recycle it. We get the best of the best <laughs> from all the parades. So basically, uh, during the parades, people throw stuff on the street. You pick it we up. pick it up, it, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, then we pick throw it, up. It, throw it. We, throw, we throw it back. So, you know. Yeah, I think we do that, too. My, yeah. my daughter has to do the Christmas parade every year, and I think we just throw everything. Yeah. From, yeah, you, you never how, know what you're going to get. It's, it's all like recycled stuff. It's awesome. You know, it could be uh, Neptune's daughter's beads. It could be cups from the stripers. You just never know. So, When do you start spring football? Uh, we're going to start at the end of April. Uh, we play Green County May 19th, so we're going to hey, kind of spread our days out to get our, our kids some, still play. Yeah, some programs don't do that because then they get and in, in, in kind of – inform us you if you don't play a spring game you get an extra practice week or two how does that work and, well, and what do, dictates what you want to do if you don't do spring at all oh you mean just wipe it out totally right then you can start the last week of july with padded practices and then you can you get an extra like scrimmage game in the fall rather than do it in the spring uh, I, i'm i guess i'm just old school and so what would be the advantages either way? What, I mean, did, does it take a while for you to decide what you want to do on this, or you just go gung-ho with the spring? Uh, so to me, as long as the, that's a, an evaluation period for colleges, so they come to practice, they're able to see the kids move around, and to me it's a, it's a time to showcase your players while they can watch them practice, and that's a lot better than them coming in in shorts and T-shirt and they shake their hand and move on. They get a live evaluation of how they move around in practice. So. I think that's the benefit for us, uh, but I can also see where other programs, if you're sharing a lot of kids with baseball who's going to make a deep run in the playoffs that year, and you kind of know, 
then it may be beneficial to not do spring and then put it off. So, Do you share with other sports in the spring? We share with everybody. Uh, the, the one that pushes probably the most up against spring training uh, for us is track and uh, soccer. Uh, because our soccer team, they go to the Final Four just about every year, and uh, especially now that we'll be sharing a stadium. So you'll be sharing practice and game facilities with uh, someone that you know could potentially kind of move you out of your environment for spring. Uh, and with, with track, usually states the first week of spring training, so we'll be missing some kids for that. So by having spring football, then you, you, have, you start when in the, in the fall, August? Uh, first week of August. And, and other programs can start a little earlier? The, the last week in now, July. Tell me out on this. And, and, Matt, you played high school football. I did. Wouldn't Long time it, ago. Look, I, don't, I didn't play, so I don't know. But, and especially in the south with, like, heat and humidity, wouldn't it be better to have spring football rather than those extra few weeks in that hot humidity and then that long season that follows, do you, is that part of the equation? or? Yeah, the only thing with spring is inevitably every year you're going to have an injury in spring training that kind of takes a kid out of it. And uh, I don't know that, it, you know, you get those three days of acclimation, but I don't know that that really gets you acclimated for contact football. Uh, so I, I think that's one drawback to spring is they haven't really been doing it for five or six months. And then but you have that right break, though. It. But you have the break and not that starting in July and go all the way through to December maybe if you're still in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that that's as much a factor as going out there cold in May. Uh, you know, you can do pretty much whatever you want to do in the summer now when you wear helmets and you go out there pretty much every day. So, Aren't it, you in, like, a lot of these seven-on-sevens now, too? Isn't football becoming almost a year-round event? It, it is. Uh, and that, that's, we here encourage our kids to play two sports. You know, I'm not a huge fan of specializing in anything. I just think that, you know, kids need to go play. And whenever they go play other sports here at Davidson, we don't require them to do anything with football. So, like, Derek Butler, our running back, plays basketball. Well, we don't make him lift weights and then go to basketball practice. We let him go play basketball. And lo and behold, you know, he played a whole season of basketball, never lifted weights. We maxed this week. All of his maxes went up at least 20 pounds. So, I mean, well, that's good. By, by playing, I think, another sport, you're still gaining strength and explosiveness. So we, we don't do that thing where we make them pick and choose. And, and to, to what you were asking, Lee, from, from somebody who played the conditioning part of it, you know, yeah, you would think the weather would be a little better in the spring, maybe a little easier. Um, but if Rick makes a good point about the injuries. The big thing for me, I know, especially when you talk about two-a-days, God, did I hate two-a-days. But it, it gets you ready for the elements, for that heat, because – you're not going to have the weather in the spring. You're going to have that when you played up in Pittsburgh. Though you didn't have that problem with the weather, though, did you? I mean, it, was, it still got hot during yeah, the summer times. Yeah, but not like the humidity no, down no, here. No, no, no. Of course not. I'm just thinking from a training standpoint. Yeah, it would be great to to still be able to condition in the spring. But when you talk about actually going out and playing, you know, in the in the fall in the south, I mean, you've got to have that heat and humidity and get used to it because it's not the spring. It's totally different. Rick, do you participate in these seven-on-sevens, though? Uh, we do. Uh, we, we like to host uh, OTA-type events where a team comes in. So and you're really – ROL and all that. But that's like training, too, isn't it? I mean, it's oh, practice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you really – there is no break. There, there, from May to when you're done, there is no break. Uh, we try to give our kids at least three full weeks off during the summer. We give them the first week of June. We give them the week of the 4th of July. And then there's All-Star Week. So they're probably on for four weeks, but off three weeks during the summer. 
You don't think that's getting too much? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, but it's one of those where if you don't, then you you're don't, behind the eight, and then eight ball, you're yeah. not successful. People are like, well, you should didn't work hard enough. Now, right. Now right. You, you look at you know some of the veteran and more secure coaches out there, like uh, Coach Curtis is just going to tell you, we're not doing anything till the last week of June, and that's what we're going to do. And those kids are, they come in, and I mean, we when I was at Murphy, we would do a seven on seven with them, and they hadn't practiced for three weeks, and they would come out there and look just as polished as anybody out there. So. Now, do I think we do too much? Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, with the big business that college athletics are now, it trickles down to high school. So these kids, just they just believe that this is their way and that you just go, go, go. And I do think we, we kind of miss out on letting kids be kids. And I, I try to be very – in the month of June, we only go three days a week. We'll go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. That way they have Friday to Monday. If they want to go to somewhere, go – you got four days. You have a lot of little four mini, four day mini vacations built in. I can tell you from from back when I played things. He, Rick is right. Uh, uh, talking to the AD here at Davidson, but yeah, Rick is right. I wish I'd had more training and more of this year round. I think I would have been a much better player as a as a linebacker and being able to read the other offenses and know more about what I was going to face. The, I mean, kids are so much more sophisticated now. When they get to college, I mean, they're ready. They're they they have already experienced it all. Nearly, not quite that level, but but closer than than back in the day. Yeah, and our young kids, they don't. All they know is year-round sports now. Right. So, like our kids are coming up in the weight room. Like, when do we start practicing? I'm like, man, that doesn't start till May. Like, what are you talking? <laughs> we can't practice right, right now. Right, 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 right. So uh, they they want it. Uh, you know, and, and I, I love it. I love going to work every day. This is a great job. And I think if uh, they sent us home for the month of June, it would really irritate my wife and the kids because I would just pace behind the couch. And they'd be like, don't, you know, when the season's over, you know, there are times when, you know, she'll just look at me and say, don't you have something you can go do? Right, yeah, work? really. Here's a project. Go just, do this. Just go do that. All right. I want to bring up an issue before we run out of time, and that has to do with the portal and how has it affected high school seniors getting college scholarships and being overlooked, which has become quite rampant these days? Has that affected Davidson, where you feel some of your players have been slighted because schools are dipping into the portal and not paying enough attention to your players or giving them a chance? Yeah, I, I think it, it definitely affects uh, their immediate uh, availability for scholarships because the time where they used to may have been recruiting high school kids are dealt they're they're in the portal and you know the coaches will just tell you it's portal time it's portal 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 and i get it from a college coach standpoint too like these guys are they're sometimes getting one year to turn it around and or they're fired so they looking at film and they're like oh hedge is an 18 year old kid that i really like and he could develop or i can go get this 22 year old grown man that i've seen play against other grown men and you know, from a job security standpoint, I understand what they're doing. It does trickle down. It does hurt us. Uh, you know, we've had some kids I felt in years past probably would have, uh, you know, gotten a little bit more than what they're getting. Uh, but at the same time, I think it uh, makes the high school kid kind of, you know, notice that, hey, it's not going to be easy. Like, it's not I'm done with high school ball, so now I play college ball. Like, you have to. If that's something you want, you have to start looking towards and trying to achieve that goal and dream at, at an early age. When you're freshman and sophomore, you can't mess around. Like grades can't be an yeah. issue, discipline can't be an issue. 
Like, you have to be clear-cut, ready to go. Yeah, my neighbors uh, and Julius kid. Actually, oh, I love Julius. Yeah, yeah, the kid family, they're they're incredible. And Julius's dad, when when he was playing ball here, had him going to uh, D1. Right. You know, to get ready, you know, from, from guys who – who had played the game? I mean, and, and like I guess that's what I was saying when I said, as far as I wish I'd had that kind of training, because yeah, you are up against all these other guys, and you need to get every advantage you possibly can. Yeah, you are, and you're not just competing with kids in, in Mobile. You know, recruiting is national now, so you know you can be one of the all area, all coastal guys that for three years in a row, sophomore, junior, senior, and then have nothing because you're competing against some guy in Ohio that you've never met that's just better at the position that than you are, and. Uh, that's the reality of life, though. And, uh, well, that's true. Uh, whenever you know a kid wants to do something, and they may not get the scholarship that they always dreamed that they would get, but there are still other avenues. Like you can still, you know, we had Justin Poe that went and walked on at, at Troy a couple years ago. He had scholarship opportunities, but financially, what he was getting and walking on at Troy were about the same. Chuck Berry? Yeah, do you play Chuck Berry? Yeah, believe it or not, that is uh, one of the only celebrities I ever got in an argument with was Chuck Berry. Oh, come on. Yeah, no, it's Okay, hold on to that story. story. Okay, I want to hear it. True story. Well, it's the (laughs) intro music to John Ricchetti. Yes. Okay, all right. Well, because I want to know about Tiger. I want to know about about Tiger. So, uh, Johnny uh, is going to talk about the Genesis Invitational, the Miller Lake Golf Report. Good morning, Johnny. How are you today? I'm doing good. You guys sound like you guys are doing good this morning, too. Well, anytime Matt's around, you know the we've amped it up a lot. Oh man, you should have seen the uh, the tent at the Senior Bowl with Ricchetti just absolutely keeping the party going down there, boy. Yeah, it was it was a it was a good time, no question. I tell you, talking about party, they had a lot of electricity yesterday at the Genesis Invitational at at Riviera, and and then you. You know, you look back and you think about athletes that really, you know, move needles and so forth. But I tell you what, uh, uh, I've been, you know, fortunate enough to watch Tiger Woods, uh, uh, you know, through right from day one. And uh, this guy is incredible. What he did yesterday for not playing golf in seven months competitively, like a real you know, where you got to hold everything out and so forth. And I tell you, it was amazing what he did yesterday on the golf course. And I think it raised a lot of eyebrows. Uh, to birdie the last three holes at Riviera, to finish at 200 par 69. And uh, what really impressed me is the power at age 48 that he still, you know, produces. It's incredible. I mean, his ball speeds are upward of uh, 180 miles an hour which is extremely fast and so forth. So, uh, you know, now going in today, he's got a quick turnaround this morning. Uh, be, I think he's going off at 9.30 or something, 9.15 our time uh, this morning. But uh, can he do it? I mean, uh, as far as making the cut, I think he possibly can. Um, you know, I'm not going to be sold on just one round and say, you know, this guy's back to be competitive and he can win and all this all this stuff again, but uh, I'm really curious to see what happens up there. He had a great pairing yesterday uh, with JT and uh, Rory McIlroy. The three of them are obviously all good buddies, and I think that played in a lot with Tiger's success. That being said, you can't take nothing away from Max Homa. 
uh, and, and, and Keith Mitchell, who both shot seven under par 64, has topped the leaderboard with John Rahm lurking one shot back at six, six under par 65. But all in all, uh, it was Tiger's show, and the crowds were incredible, and, um, and I think he produced. And he was on center stage, and he produced for everybody. Very good, Johnny, and uh, we'll, of course, hope that it – I didn't check – what did uh, Thomas and McElroy do? I, I was so into Tiger, I didn't even check. How did, did they do better than 69? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, Rory McElroy shot four under par, uh, solid round, and then Justin Thomas shot three under par, and then uh, Tiger Woods shot two under par. So four, three, two in that group, and they all three of them birded the treacherous 18th hole at Riviera. Wow, uh, which was uh, incredible! All three of them birdied the final hole yesterday, and uh, it was uh, kind of it was pretty impressive. So, like I said, it's uh, I'm not quite to get on the bandwagon to say that this guy's back. I mean, there's already social media blowing up about Tiger's going to win the Masters, this and that. But <laughs> I've always said this. I mean, I always said this though: is athletes today are so good at your sport that you really can't spot people. I mean, the guy hasn't played enough golf, and I mean, you know what I'm saying? It just, it just can't happen. You got to catch lightning in a bottle, and to do it over four rounds uh, is going to be, uh, I think, very tough. Now, if he's able to play and maybe get one or two more reps, and our indications are he's trying to fill, find another event prior to the Masters, I think it's it'll be crucial to his successes at the Masters. But uh, I'm on board. I'm not quite ready to put another green jacket on. Uh, you know, the GOAT. So we'll wait and see how it all pans out today. Thank you, Johnny. We'll check in with you Monday. All right. Have a great weekend, guys. All right. Let me say that Matt McCoy, I don't know, what do we work together? Maybe two years? Five five years now. It's been five years. (laughs) Five years coming up in July. I've been with many who have, Rick, have driven the vehicle we have, and most each, almost every one of them has had a blow-up here and there. I have never seen Matt McCoy <laughs> ever lose that disposition of yeah. being a nice guy, right. laugh, take it with a grain of salt. How in the world could you get into an argument with Chuck with, Berry? With Chuck Berry. First of all, when did this occur? This was uh, probably in the early 2000s. Um, I was in St. Louis, and I was DJing a cousin's wedding and that's why i was even there i had driven up and i had the uh, uh, the gear and we were doing the rehearsal the night before one of the bridesmaids worked at one of the casinos in st louis and the the, the boats there are literally boats like ours kind of are here in biloxi but there they're actually river boats they're right on the river so as we're getting out of the car to pick up the bridesmaid we, there is this 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 vicious loud argument going on between her and this this older gentleman, I mean, I mean, they dog cussing, screaming, yelling. Now it's me and a bunch of of, of ladies. So of course, I as the guy, you go, hey, 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 what's going on here? Hey, calm down, buddy. What's going on? Why well, you use that kind of language on a woman? What's wrong with you? And he said, this woman right here, and I won't repeat some of the expletives. He said, won't park my car and let me leave it right here. She wants me to go get in line with everybody else. And I was like, well, hey, that's the way it's supposed to. And then, of course, she yelled at him. And so he yelled at her, and I told him to stop. Yeah, I yelled at him and told him to watch his mouth because she was a woman. And he's like, do you not know who I am? And I said, no, who are you? Oh, I hate that card. <laughs> right. And he said, I'm Chuck Berry. And I said, well, I'm John Bon Jovi. Nice to meet you. <laughs> and he said, pulled out his wallet, show me his driver's license. Sure enough, 
it was the real Chuck Berry. Uh, and then I turned to her and I said, uh, let the man do whatever he wants. He's the father. Of <laughs> <laughs> he said and he said, thank you. Finally, somebody with some sense. And then he went into the casino and wow, uh, the uh, large Cadillac uh, convertible Eldorado that he had. Just, but, you, uh, but you've been in there. this business for so long. Don't do you like that card when somebody plays that no, card? Well, no, because usually you're like, all right, well, who could you possibly be? But you don't expect to get an argument with Chuck Berry. I mean, I, I immediately, as soon as I realized it was him, it's kind of one of those things where you go, uh, uh, I mean, yeah, he was rude, but it's Chuck Berry, you know. So. But that's no excuse. No, it is not. It, it wasn't. She was still hot afterwards, too. She was ready to. We had to hold her back. I mean, it was. we almost made, if TMZ was, was around at the time, it probably would have made TMZ because she was ready to, to be. Them down, so. Yeah, you don't mess with women on wedding days. Uh uh-uh. Their friends on you know, oh, what? What do you mean? Just wedding days? Oh yeah, any day, any day. I mean, seriously, he he almost didn't make it. Almost didn't make it into the casino because uh, she That's was very. ready to throw it down. Did he give you an autograph? No, no, he, no, no. He, no, of course, back then they didn't probably selfies. No, there was no selfies. No, this again. This is the early two thousands. So the phones looked a lot like yours, Thanks. so you couldn't really uh, do any of that stuff. But you know, yeah, it was a very heated argument, and and I stepped right in the middle of it and then immediately stepped out when I realized who it was. So it's nice a guy as you're ever going to meet took on <laughs> Chuck Berry. Yeah, and pretty much took myself out as soon as I realized I was in over my That's head. That's an amazing so. story. Yeah, you yeah. lost. I you, did. You lost. I did. I did big time. And what I, what I would have, too. So Well, he big timed you. Yeah. Oh, he did. And I'm sure did he you probably, really did. You really come back and say I'm Bon Jovi. I did say I'm Bon Jovi. I literally said that. What did he say to that? He pulled out his lo- his wallet to show me he was Chuck Berry. And so, you pulled out your wallet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I actually had hair at the time. Okay. Yeah, I had a mullet, big time. Yep. See what you get right. See what you get by sticking around. That's right. All right. Thanks to you, we've got Jamal Lett. Uh, I want you to uh, be included in this interview with the uh, Davidson alum, who's now an assistant football coach at South Alabama. I'm really looking forward to that. I've I've been talking to him. I know he played for what, Fred Riley here? He did. And uh, Coach Vic, I think, coached him in his younger years, and he finished with Coach Riley. Very good. So we can talk about recruiting also with him about going to the portal and you know, bypassing high school kids. <laughs> I didn't say that. Jamal's great to us. Don't get me in wow, trouble. I won't. I'm not going to do that. Oh my God, Rick. All right, one more hour to go. Jamal Letts next and Dan Jennings at 8.30 on everything baseball, passing away at Tim McCarver. For Matt, Rick Hawley, I'm Lee Shervanian. We're at Davidson High School. This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. You know, it's not everybody that can come on and say, I didn't cow down to Chuck Berry, but I've got <laughs> Matt McCoy here, and he put him in his place real oh, fast. yeah, until I found so, out who he was. Yeah, and by the way, we are at Davidson High School, yes. the Christopher Mullenix Championship Drive, our first stop of 12. So when you told him you were Bon Jovi, was he impressed? <laughs> no, that's when he whipped his wallet out to show me that he was really, truly Chuck Berry, and that was the end of the argument. So, And I'm not, I'm here in place of Mark, who actually, and I'm sure you guys talked about this all week, is uh, up for the tournament, right? Yes, he is. He's up at yeah. uh, Garrett Coliseum, the beautiful, spacious Garrett Coliseum. <laughs> to see McGill we, yes, and Parkross. We sure and, have. Yeah, we've discussed Rick, do you have that. any stories that can top that one? You know, I don't think so. I mean, the... Uh, 
No, no famous people. I don't run into famous people a whole lot. I watch a lot of famous people, you know, but I, I don't run into anybody that's. Like you never use the trump card. Do you know who I am? No, no one would care. <laughs> no one, no one would care. Well, you know, and we're lucky too. Like, I mean, Rick, you've Lee, you've been doing this in broadcasting a long time. I've been in the, but I've been on the music side for thirty three years. So we've, but that's the only run in I've ever had was with Chuck Berry. Everybody else has been very nice and and very accommodating, and there were no other blow ups or arguments. So, Rick, I hope we have your special guest on. Uh, I do too. Assistant uh, South Alabama uh, football coach Jamal Let. Coach, good morning. How are you today? I'm Lee Shervanian. Good morning. Man, Lee, how you guys doing, man? I grew up listening to you guys at times, man. My uh, my, my head football coach at uh, at Davidson High School, man, uh, Coach Fred Riley's always talking about you guys, man. I want to be a, a radio host, man, at some point in time. But everything's good around here, man, in South Alabama. So, You know, I still have a sweatshirt that he gave me when he was coaching at Robertsdale, and I still wear it around the house, so I go back a ways. Now I've got a Davidson baseball shirt that I'm going to be wearing uh, for workouts. I want to thank you. You're on Matt McCoy's here. Uh, Rick Cawley. Rick, why don't you start out, first of all, a little about uh, Jamal Lett? Well, I was coaching at Murphy when he was playing at uh, Davidson, and and he was on that team that didn't lose that year. Uh, I think that... I can't remember what round it was, but I think Daphne got them in the playoffs, but they were undefeated up to that point. And uh, Jamal was a really good player and went to Samford. And he, he's awesome. When the NCAA allows, he comes around, and uh, he's always great and stays extra time and, you know, accommodates me and listen, laughs at my jokes and those things and makes me feel special. Well, save some of those jokes because I haven't heard any yet. So yeah, we'd me like either. To... Jamal, let me ask you, how did you wind up at South Alabama? Man, that's, uh, that's a crazy story, man. Um, shoot, it's the wild thing is South Alabama like didn't have a football program when I was coming out of high school. So I think if they would have built this thing, you know, 25, 30 years ago, man, it'd be at a different place. But, I mean, it's we're trying to create resurgence, man. It's been fun. But um, so one of my buddies that I coached with, uh, Demarcus Covington, who's the defensive line coach for the Patriots, he worked with Kane Womack at, um, at Ole Miss, I believe like 2012, 2013 with his dad. Um, and he, um, let's see, he went from there to UT Martin. And at the time, 2014, I was coaching for Fred Riley at Davidson High School. And uh, there was like a restricted earnings, $600 a month job that uh, that opened up at UT Martin. I got into college football. And uh, from there, you know, he traveled on. DeMarcus uh, became Kane Womack's co-defensive coordinator at EIU at Eastern Illinois. And uh, they got really tight. I went on to Ohio University and then, you know, Kane moved on to Indiana. Or before that, he was a he was a linebackers coach here in South Alabama. Moved on to Indiana. He came back as a head coach, and he needed a he wanted a guy to recruit the city of Mobile and knew the area. And uh, my buddy uh, Demarcus Covington put me in with Kane. So I'd met Kane maybe once or twice, uh, but my buddy Demarcus knew him really well and uh, plugged me in with Kane. So, wow, kind of how coaches, I got here. <laughs> you know, and Jamal. And you look at Kevin Steele, for instance, now back at Alabama. I think he's had 15 stops. I just can't get over the number of time coaches move and move and move and keep moving. And and I've always considered moving stressful to begin with, and I only moved twice. So I don't know how you guys do it. I don't know how you do it. Oh, man, it's, it's fun. But I also think, man, your, your wife has to be like a – the general like she's the ceo of the home and we've got two little kids so making moves now 
is a little bit more, um, I, I guess, arduous, a little bit more difficult now. But, you know, when we were we first got into the business, going from high school to college, it was just me and my wife. So, you know, it's pretty easy, pretty fun. You know, you, get, you just pack your little U-Haul, man, and you, you go to the next stop. But, uh, but now it's, it's a little bit difficult now. You got bikes and kids' toys and, you know, all kinds of stuff. And you better take that, uh, that train track set that you got them for Christmas that thing better be on the truck, so um, you, you got to take everything with you now. So. Jags had yeah. a fantastic season, 10 wins, first time in their history. Where do we go from here with the South Alabama program, especially on defense where you're uh, coaching? And also, I should mention, you also coach specialty teams too. Yeah, yeah, but Kane, Kane, is, Kane is the man. He's a visionary. And what he talks about as far as building culture is creating a vision like really painting a picture for the guys to see, hey, guys, this is where we're going, you know, and, and the guys really grabbed hold of it. I mean, we call it football all year. In about 20 minutes, I have a special teams meeting. So, and, But the guys are really bought into it. You give them a vision, they bought into it, you hold them accountable to that vision, and then they start to see some success and they buy into it. And, um, you know, we had some good acquisitions, you know, a couple transfer guys, but we like to recruit, and, and Kane Womack has really made it a point of emphasis to recruit the Mobile, Baldwin County area we have, recruit Alabama, recruit Mississippi, recruit Panhandle, Florida. Uh, and, and we've got a, a really good nucleus of kids that are, are homogenous, like they, they like each other. you got a group of guys that really do. They like each other. Like we all dressed up in, in all white yesterday to play the – uh, it was a whiteout game at Southern Miss, and I'd probably say about 75 to 85% of our uh, team was there to support, and staff was there, family members were there. So you got a really good nucleus of players, a really good nucleus of, of coaches here that are bought in uh, to what came once, and, and you're seeing it. All you're seeing is a, a manifestation. All you're seeing is guys bought in you know, on game day uh, and executing what, what we do every day. So it's an everyday thing. I don't think it's – a lot of hooplas. It's not a lot of smoke and mirrors. It's just hard nose, you know, doing the same thing over and over, and guys uh, buying into that. I think that's what you're seeing on Saturdays. Well, now I know how come South Alabama's basketball team won by such a decisive score yesterday. I was curious because <laughs> Southern Miss was really, really good, and like nobody was beating them, and that was like an incredible. Hey, Jamal, let me ask you on the specialty teams: Is it true that your place kicker Diego is back again? Does he have another year and to go? He's got another year to go, man. He is. He was up for the, the Lou Groves. He was a finalist there. I mean, he's one of those kids, too, that he's very meticulous. You don't have to coach him hard. Obviously, I'm just, you know, I'm just telling him, hey, man, we're tackle over or not. But that guy, man, he is, uh, he's his own coach. Uh, he's very meticulous. He's very hard on himself. Um, he had a heck of a year. Uh, I'm just excited to see what he's going to do next season. So, I mean, but, and again, it goes back to Kane, like our process and the way that we do things. Um, when you chart, when we charted his, um, his field goal PATs at practice, he missed two field goals out of 56 kicks in camp. So it goes to show you, like, we, we, we knew what we were going to get because we believe that practice execution equals game reality. What you do at practice will show up in the game. And to me, it's, it's not really surprised how well he did this season. I, I think we all expected it. So, yeah, um, I've known, so but obviously I, you don't want him to miss, you know, you know, obviously, you know, one, one miss, but you know, but I, he had a heck of a year. It's, it's really due to him. Well, that certainly helps being, you know, his specialty teams coach. But my point was, seems like I honored him years ago, like maybe, I don't know, eight years ago when he was at Daphne. How long has he been at South now? 
man, this is well, with the COVID year, man. It feels like five years, but uh, right, yeah, it, 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 <laughs> you know, they're all old men. You know, 22, 23, 24 years old, and uh, but he's he's been here for a while. You know, going on fifth year, so. Yeah. All right, let, let me, Jamal, since we're at Davidson High for the Dr. Christopher Mullenix game uh, championship drive, so, so tell me about, oh, I don't know, a memorable moment either on the playing field or off here at Davidson for you. Can you think back to then? Oh, man. Uh, I would, uh, hmm, let me think just for a moment. Oh. When you when- I love um, it when Lee, uh, Lee puts you on the yeah, spot a little bit, but that's a good one. You know, I haven't right, played a long right, time ago one. myself, Jamal. One, there you go. Okay, cool. There, I, I stalled. I stalled I enough would, for him. I would say, I would say, and this is this ties in Coach College. Oh, is this ties in Coach College? So we were playing. It was we were playing Mercy High School back in 2005. We were both undefeated, and when we went up by like 14 points, we threw a ball up in triple coverage. Uh, who was coach? Who was your corner on the other side that was playing London Crawford? It was uh, uh, that, that that was shoot. Cap. Mundelein? Yeah, that was Captain yeah. Mundelein. Yeah. Oh my gosh! So our quarterback threw he threw a ball in triple coverage against Captain Mundelein, one of your safeties, and maybe like a linebacker. And we and he and London Crawford caught a ball on him, you know, on all three of those guys, and they're supposed to be, you know, you know, they were really good players. Obviously, um, Captain Mundelein played several years in the National Football League. Uh, but when when that happened and we went up by about 14 points, um, and that was that was a memorable moment because we knew that Mercy High School was a really good football team at the time, and uh, that type that game with that momentum and you know that type of excitement going up by that much that was that was a memorable moment. We knew we were going to be good. So Jamal, I can't yeah, believe I, it because I I, I, I broadcast. I broadcast that game. I, I'll never forget that. It was Crawford. You, 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 Davidson only sent out one receiver in those days, right? It was Crawford, <laughs> right? That's right. And and, and, then, and the whole backfield, Rick, there was another. Was it Williams who was back there with Mundelein? Uh, Devious Williams. Yeah, Devious Williams. Baron Mund- Thomas. I think yeah. that, that secondary uh-huh. had like 30 picks that year. Uh, we were we were super talented. Some of the greatest catches I've ever seen in high school. Yeah, they beat the brakes <laughs> off of us that night. <laughs> we, we, we got them back the next year. But Jamal was already gone. Yeah, Jamal's like, that wasn't on me. I wasn't there. Yeah, Cap, Cap's gonna, uh, your Cap's gonna call you about all this, by the way. But yeah, it, uh, it, Coach Lee was not happy. We had a that led to a very, very rough, uh, long Sunday. I bet and, it did. Uh, Monday oh, practice film session. Fun. The film session afterwards. Oh man, London, Jamal. That was. A, I oh. thought London Crawford was one of the best. I, and I'm and not including him in the same category of Julio Jones, but one of the best receivers yeah. I've ever seen. Now he went to Arkansas, right? But I don't think his career really went that far, did it? I, I lost sight of him when he left uh, this area. But yeah. I thought he went to an SEC school, but I don't know if he ever really took off there. Yeah, he had uh, he had his moments, man. He was like the horse trailer uh, player of the week once. He had a game winning touchdown at Arkansas, and I think he. Uh, he played a little bit for the the Houston Texans, and then I know he played like in Monterey, and the, uh, the like the Mexican Football League there. So and I know he, he's doing really well now. He's in Jacksonville, Florida. So, um, but yeah, man, it's it's a bunch of guys, man, and I, and the, just the old way of recruiting, man. I appreciate those guys. You know, London Crawford, Lamarcus Phoney, um, Corey Patterson, because coaches back in the day came and saw teams. There was no huddle. That didn't exist. So it was a really big deal to have good football players on your team because now you get to see a little five foot nine hundred fifty pound DB named Jamal Lett because of those guys. <laughs> Everybody wants to see, you know, those, those bigger, those big players. And 
I really appreciate those guys and the hard work that they put in and, you know, Coach Riley putting together a really good football team to give us some success that we're still eating off of. Huge. Very huge. So Can't wait. Can't wait for the Jag season to open up next fall, coming off a 10-win season. You got most of your defense back? Man, we, we do. I mean, we, got, we have guys coming back. You know, Quentin Wilfon, you know, suffered an injury, uh, you know, early in the season. Uh, we got Trey Kaiser back. We got the nucleus of our defensive line back, our secondary. Uh, we got Keith Gallman, who suffered an injury uh, early in the season. Um, but we, we've got a lot of these guys coming back, and they are hungry. It's, it's one thing to say, oh, you know, we won 10 games, and, you know, we tip our hats off to ourselves, but our guys are hungry. Uh, they want more, and I, I think that's a, a hat off to our strength coach, Matt Shadid, and our, our head football coach, Kane, just, you know, putting that in their minds like, hey, guys, we still have a, a lot of meat left on this bone. We we got some things that we still need to accomplish. So, um, Jamal, I, I can't thank you enough. This has really been a, a pleasure to have you on with us. Best of luck to you and your family, and, and good luck to the uh, South Alabama football program. Man, thank you so much. Y'all have a good one, man. Good talking to you, Coach Rick. <laughs> hey, yeah. Hey, Coach Lett. Now, when Coach Collier gets down there, make sure you get some work out of him, okay? He's going to be ducking and diving and trying to get out of there without doing anything. That's good. Y'all That's the truth, too. Did you hear that for a little pause? He's yeah. like, yeah, that's true, too. Yeah, I will. I'll have to follow him around. Eric Collier, of course, uh, is, gonna, is leaving Theodore. They're looking for a head coach now. And he's going to South Alabama. South Alabama has not sent a release out officially on that. Eric said he wanted to hold off till it becomes official, but it's a pretty well-known fact, Rick, that he's going. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what everyone has told me. And... The championship drive at Davidson High is also brought to you by Will Barnes' family of McDonald's restaurants, Greer's Marketing Cash Saver, Beef O'Brady's Tillman's Corner, and I thank Todd for coming out, and especially with the gift certificates uh, for the Davidson participants who get each get one. Also, Rich's Car Wash, uh, Ward International Trucks, LNS Air Conditioning, Green and Phillips Injury Law Firm. Matt's in with us. Uh, Rick's staying around. You know, we've talked so much. Well, first of all, why don't you give us, uh, we were going to do earlier, but we didn't have time, the overview of the spring program. We never really got into that. Uh, Well, I I think, you know, this year coming up, uh, we are really optimistic. We got eight uh, starters coming back on the offense, and uh, defensively I think we got six guys coming back. And then you got guys who, you know, are kind of part-time starters. So, in the, over the past few years, this is probably our, our group of kids that have play, got the most playing. You know, uh, Some of our offensive linemen and our seniors have been starting since they were freshmen. So when you get four of those five back and you know you got an all-state running back, uh, we had a, a kid move in last year, an offensive lineman, Sean Martin, who's, you know, looks just like any D1 prospect you would see. I mean, he's 6'4", 280 pounds and can run. Uh, then, you know, defensively, I think we're going to be a lot more athletic than we've been. Uh, we're extremely optimistic about where we're heading. Uh, we've done some things with our off-season program, uh, some, with our speed training. We, we That was one thing we had to improve was our speed. We just flat out worked. We couldn't run. Uh, so we, we're doing some things to figure that out. 
I hope I'm not stepping on any toes and going out of bounds. And I'm not going to get into any names because I don't know any. But you had mentioned, you know, we talked off the record about, you know, player movement, which was prevalent even when I came here in 1980. Uh, do Here at Davidson, do you have players leaving or players coming in? Or uh, let's say athletes leaving or coming in. How? What's, uh, what's the structure of the, the, the program right now? So I would say that. We don't. We're not losing any more kids here at Davidson now, or having that many more kids move in. Like we'll lose one, and then one will move in. But to me, I've been in Mobile now for 25 years. It's the same. I mean, it's it's not anything new. Uh, now I guess that there's social media that people put out. You know, kids can commit as eighth graders to a ninth grade team, or you know, recommit when they're tenth graders to a brand new team, and. Uh, you know, when people get attention for that, then other kids see that kid get attention for that. So then they want to move, and then they want to go do this. But you know, uh, you know, Coach Holly down at Central Office and Alvin Briggs, they always say it. Parents are going to put their kids where they want their kids to be, uh, and all we can do is we can't worry about it. Like we're, I'm, we're going to coach these kids hard, and uh, we're going to treat them right, and we're going to love them up, and we're going to give them every opportunity. And if, if a kid thinks that his opportunity is better somewhere else, then you know, more power to them. We're not going to beg anybody and recruit anybody to come here. This is a place where you either want to be here or you don't. I was listening to an interview. I forget with who I'm trying to remember because I, I got my attention focused. Matt, you see the big buzz at uh, Lakeland Tours. I was wondering if maybe your eyes lit up when you saw a buggy. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I, boy, I'd like to get my what's, what's a Lakeland my hands in the wheel of that one, one, man. I, I don't is that know a school bus? It's uh, a nice one. Yeah. There's always something going on in the auditorium. and oh, uh, yeah. I don't usually know what that is. They, they don't let me go into anything that's uh, <laughs> like that. They keep me in my hole down there where the weights are clanging. Yeah, we might have to upgrade Air Sports One. That's a, that's a beauty right there. <laughs> Take a look at it. Yeah. Tour it. Having bus envy right now. <laughs> no, but I, I was listening to this interview with this coach, and he was talking about how we really enjoyed going back to high school because of the, the getting back to your roots, but the fact that you actually had kids stick around for a few years, you know, compared to college now where they're coming and going and the pros forget. Yeah, and, and- – Look, it is. It's. I love coaching a kid for for four years, and uh, most of the time, I think if they'll just stick it out and stay where they are, the things that are going to happen are are going to happen for them. Uh, but at the same time, you know, people got to do what they think is best for them, or they're, they're going to have regrets. All right, on deck, uh, another Davidson alum, at least for a year or two or three, is Dan Jennings. Lots of baseball to talk about, and maybe his experiences here at Davidson High School. That's coming up next. This is WNSP and WNSP.com, the championship drive at Davidson High School. You know, uh, we're at at Davidson High for the uh, Dr. Christopher Mullenix Championship Drive. And in between breaks, Rick Cawley and I have actually spent more time talking baseball. I didn't realize that Rick was a, a Mets fan like I was growing up. And I didn't know you even coached baseball. I did. I coached baseball uh, from probably 1999 to 2008. It was probably about, yeah, that was my time. Our next guest includes Davidson on the high schools that he's been at, my good friend, co-host sometimes of the uh, opening kickoff, WNSP, Mr. Dan Jennings. Dan, welcome to the show. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Lee. Good morning, Mark. How are you guys? 
Mark's not here now. You know that, okay? Uh, Rick Colley, the uh, baseball, one-time baseball coach who knows your dad real well. He, In fact, you said his, your dad learned under Don Jennings? Uh, my dad played for Coach Jennings at Satsuma. He played first base for him a long time ago. Yes, sir. I, I know Rick very well. I was a little <laughs> fella, but one of those great memories you have of time there at Satsuma High School for sure. Since we're at Davidson, before we get to the baseball issues, what can you tell us? How long were you at Davidson, Dan? Because I know you told me you moved around a bit. Yeah, I coached there for uh, right at four years, and uh, that's when I got hired to uh, begin my professional career. Uh, I played there one year under Coach Ronnie Powell and then uh, came back and I coached there uh, uh, with Tate Marsh as our head coach and uh, Jody Daniels and I were, Jody was the head baseball coach for my first two years and then uh, Jody left and went into business and I became the head baseball coach there. So some great memories, certainly love Davidson near and dear to my heart and uh had a lot of fun and, uh, man, played with some outstanding baseball players there. Any game or any situation that stood out? Any little story you can uh, share with us? Uh, yeah, there was a few. Um, Fairhope, we were big rivals, obviously, and I ended up, you know, playing at Fairhope, graduating from there. And uh, Keith Powell was there, had an outstanding team, won a few state championships, and, and uh, we had them on the ropes. And, Ended up with a heartbreak loss, and uh, I think my boys felt like uh, we went from a baseball team to a track team after that. I tried to instill <laughs> in them that uh, they needed to they needed to finish the fight, and uh, but we got better, and uh, they had uh, they had some nice years after that. Dan, uh, I bring up the name Tim McCarver. What do you think about? Well, it's hard not to think of the, you know, the the uh, Deion Sanders deal that they had. But um, I, you know, for me personally, I always uh, the times I was around Tim, sitting in the food rooms and stuff at ballparks, always a professional. Uh, had great respect for his knowledge and acumen of the game. He too was a guy who was a great player. I think that gets overshadowed sometimes because of what type of. Uh, what type of uh, announcer and you know his career post playing days but uh, this guy was uh, was a tremendous player with a lot of uh, a lot of um, frontline action with some of the great cardinal teams and especially that year that Bob Gibson uh, had that tremendous record so you know Dan for anybody in any industry especially broadcasting to last 24 years Broadcasting a World Series speaks volumes about an individual. For anybody to last that long, the way they change, you know, mics and people coming and going. So I, I, that to me, I, I followed his career when he was at the Phillies and Cardinals. And, you know, you mentioned Gibson. He was also Steve Carlton's personal uh, catcher, too. Yeah, he's, uh, you know what, he was looked at in St. Louis, revered there. And, and like you say, with the Phillies, and I can remember getting started scouting back in the 80s, and the Memphis Chicks used to play at Tim McCarver Stadium there uh, in Memphis, and it's just a case where, you know, he, he was so well thought of and respected, and uh, man, the World Series is going to be very different, you know, without that voice, and you, you, when you think of the World Series, the great World Series games, he was just such a vital part of it. 
You know what uh, audio clip they've been playing this morning was when he called the 2001 seventh game of the World Series, Louis Gonzalez hit, and they've been replaying this morning where McCarver in the broadcast booth said, Joe Torre is getting aggressive, but this could backfire because Mariona Rivera, the way he pitches, a lot of those blue pits wind up right behind second base, and that's exactly what happened on the next pitch. Play in the infield in with one out and bases loaded ended up uh, costing him, and it was uh, I remember it so well. And he it was almost preemptive. He described what was going to happen before it happened, and the fact that it was Louis made it special. But boy, he sure did. He called it in a, in a great way. And one of my favorite stories that he used to tell was he went out to the mound to talk about uh, to talk to Bob Gibson one day, and Gibson, as you remember, was unapproachable, and you know he was just such a warrior out there and and uh he told he told mccarver he said what are you doing out here you absolutely know nothing about pitching the only thing you know about pitching is you can't hit it now get behind the plate (laughs) (laughs) dan the baseball rules have been a lot going on this week with major league baseball i'm not going to weigh in with my thoughts yet what what rules do you like and which ones do you do not like uh, I, I like the the uh, pitch clock. I think the fans are going to see that it quickens the pace of the game. Uh, there's going to be some give and take to get this implemented because you're going to have some guys that are so routine oriented and, you know, they're going to feel rushed. I know when I saw it in the minor leagues, my biggest takeaway early was that the hitters, more so than the pitchers, the hitters felt rushed. Um so I think that's going to be a positive, and I think it's going to help with the tempo. The negative for me, I'm not a fan of the pickoff, uh, you know, where you can only pick two times. I think it's going to be an issue. Uh, I think you're going to see strategically people take advantage. You know, you're going to see what would normally be an 11 or 12-foot lead after two picks are going to increase uh, maybe as much as 14 feet. And um Will it help the stolen bases? I, I think yes, with two limited uh, two picks limitation as well as a bigger base, four inches bigger, it's certainly going to help that if the teams will implement it. You know, I mean, I still have to think that analytics to some degree is going to frown upon the ability or possibility of running yourself into out. So this is all done to try to create offense. We'll see what happens because I think uh, there's so many unknowns that uh, are yet to be determined, and everybody's going to be looking for the edge that they can find. Coach Jennings, this is uh, uh, Coach Cawley. I got a text while you were on from a former coach here, uh, Coach Andrew Jordan, and he wanted me to ask you what CDC means. (laughs) CDC, Choices, Decisions, Consequences. And uh, one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite quotes, used it in my house many times with my kids and a lot of kids in and around that uh, Fairhope and Daphne area, and and just tried to just tried to plant that seed in their head that we're all confronted with choices, and you make a decision, and depending upon what that decision is, good or bad, there are consequences to follow, and. Uh, and I think I think I implemented that CDC after so many mistakes I made.
<laughs> uh, yeah, we all do that. He said he was wearing he put he made that their team slogan after you spoke at a banquet, and he's wearing a T-shirt right now with that on the back of it. Oh, that's awesome. Well, good. Hey, at least I know that message permeated one guy, and that should be uh, <laughs> it should be helpful for him. Yes, sir. We're talking with Davidson alum, well, alum of Fairhope too, uh, Dan Jennings. All right, on, on the on the uh, subject of the rules. So was it Joe? One of the was it Cora who came out and said these new bases are biggest pizza boxes? Is that true? Pizza boxes. Yeah. I, somebody sent me a meme with uh, Altuve standing on a base, and I, they got him. Uh, about the size maybe of one or two inches standing on the base. It's absolutely hilarious. But, yeah, they're, uh, from everything I've been told, it's very recognizable difference, and uh, it looked like a pizza box. So, you know, it's just a matter of time before somebody will place a pizza under one to have a little practical joke in them, and that's just the way baseball works, right? Somebody's going to do something to make it uh, to make it fun. All right, for the pitch clock, does the clock start when the pitcher's got the ball in his hand, or does it start after the pitch and the catcher throws it back? So what if the catcher hangs on to the ball for a while? Yeah, so the way that it worked in the minor leagues, it was once the catcher threw the ball back and the pitcher had the ball, then they would reset the clock. Um, they obviously reset it after foul balls and things like that. But I think that you're going to see certain guys. For me personally, when you get to the latter part of the game and you're in your bullpen, so many of these bullpen guys have rituals that, you know, it, it's time-consuming. It takes time, and they're, you know, they're trying to create that same rhythm of, of what they do each pitch. And I think you're going to see early – uh, a lot of bullpen guys that uh, get caught by it and have the automatic ball called on them. All right, so what happens when the batter steps out? How does that affect the pitch count? So if the umpire feels that the batter, you know, is purposely taking time, like a Nomar Garcia Parra, you know, he had that routine that he did every time that certainly ran beyond uh, ran beyond the the time limit, then they call an automatic strike. And uh, I have actually sit this past year in minor league parks where they've called a strike three on guys without a pitch being thrown because in the umpire's judgment, the hitter was not in the box and ready to uh, and ready to swing the bat. So there, there'll be some great arguments because of it, and I think there's going to be uh, – I think you'll see a lot of guys that show some frustration with that new rule that they feel like it rushes them, and doing so is going to keep them from, uh, you know, in their mind, performing to the level they're accustomed to. What about the infield shifting now? How is that going to change? I, you know, I, for me, I think that that's going to hurt defenses a little bit because, you know, you stack the sides so much. I think it's certainly going to help uh, for whatever reason it appears that the left-handed hitters hit into the shift a lot more than right-handed guys did. Um, so I think offensively, you're going to see left-handers love the new rule. Uh, my boy and I, the other day, were talking, you know, so there won't be a line drawn on the field. How close do they stand towards where that imaginary line would be? And when the pitcher starts the delivery, are they going to begin to move over, you know, and, and create some type of uh, uh, moving shift where pre-pitch they're correct and post-pitch they're incorrect? 
So these are all things that there will be never parity while there is competition. It just can't happen. Are there are there too many rules being implemented in one go round? I mean, instead of maybe one, now you got like three or four changes to the game. Is that a little too much for many of us people like myself, old school, to accept? <laughs> for you and I, it's too much. I, I think we are now bending the game for the players versus the players having to make the adjustment to the game. And that's the way the game has been played forever. And, you know, now it appears been a great time out here. I've enjoyed this, uh, the conversation with Rick Hawley, the athletic director, head coach, and, you know, we didn't even mention Davidson's reputation is actually more in academics now, isn't it, the things that are going on here? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I think we have uh, national merit scholars. I think we got four finalists this year, and uh, that's a big deal. That's not something that happens all the time. I think we, out of our five, four got in, and uh you know, we're, we're lucky here. We get good kids that, that want to come here. Uh, teachers do a great job challenging the kids. You know, it's not easy, uh, the academics here, but uh, I think the reward is that the kids are going to be prepared for, for college and life. I think Coach Williams said you got a baseball game tonight at Spanish Fort. Anything else going on this weekend? Uh, soccer, they play so much, there's no way to keep up with it. Uh, Coach DeLonga, you know, one thing, he never cuts a kid. If they want to play, he just creates another roster because they have roster limits. I think we have like five men's soccer teams here, uh, two different varsity and three JV. So they're playing all the time. And, uh, you know, golf and tennis are, are getting wound up. And, you know, Coach Ferris does a great job with the, with the golf program and, uh, they're out at Magnolia Grove, so we, there's a, there's a lot going on, all especially in the spring. You know, we, we have tennis here and and softball here on campus, and we'll get soccer on campus, and uh, they're returfing the field at Matthews Park. So our baseball uh, team will have a nice facility uh, in the in the. So it's it's good. Everything's exciting here. If you want to hear Matt McCoy, you can tune in the zoo at ten this morning. Yeah, right? I got to get uh, Air Sports One back and get back to the to the palatial studios of. Uh, of 1100 Dolphin Street there. Well, with your 24/7 schedule, what else you got this weekend? <laughs> I think you told me you're going to be down at some of these market yeah, walls. Yeah, yeah, I'll be down. Uh, I'll be down at the parade tonight next to the garage, our spot where we set up down there uh, for crew. Crew Columbus is tonight, and then definitely never miss the the Mystics of Time and the Dragon Parade on Saturday. That's always a great one for the kids because the dragons breathe the fire and stuff and. And they love that. So, and then I'm going to the ball. Saturday. Yeah, we got Dan Patrick follows us, and Corey Lebowney. Right? Yeah, Corey's on uh, from three to six. He might be, might be in the Saraland Parade tomorrow in Air Sports One. Maybe it'll be rolling at noon. Who's going to be in it? I don't know. It might be me. Might be Bronner. Might be Lebowney. I don't. We at we. I wasn't even asked you, Lee. I, I know you have weekends off. Well, I have a Spring Hill game to do tomorrow. Oh, that's right. I, I will be yeah. on the Crab. Yes. How about that? Six five the Crab. Yeah, know. we'll be on tomorrow right around 4, 430. We've got Alabama basketball on WNSP tomorrow. They're playing Georgia. And then we are carrying on Sunday. The Daytona 500. The entire race. Yeah. Obviously. And then you've got a game uh, Monday, right? Monday night with yeah. Spring Hill on WNSP to close out their regular season. Yeah, boy, busy, uh, busy weekend all the way around. Baseball. Jags. Open up today. Now they got 
they're hosting a classic. So you got UABs in town, Eastern Kentucky, Northwestern State. Jags play at 6.30 tonight at Stanky Field. UAB's games at noon, I, I assume. I don't know if, whether it's on or off now with the weather. But also the uh, high school basketball tournaments that are going on. Mark missed today because he's with McGill. His son plays for McGill and yep. outstanding point guard. And they are going to be playing at 1030. These are the teams in action today. Theodore girls, McGill boys, McGill girls, Blunt boys, and then St. Luke's boys. That's, that's good. Local area represented well. Up there at uh, the infamous Garrett Coliseum. Yes, Have the you palatial been Garrett Coliseum. Yeah, I've been to watch several games. Is I, it as bad as people say? I've never been there. I, I mean, it's it's fine. It's just it's so big that I don't see how anybody hits a shot there. Like their depth perception has to be fried <laughs> when they get there. But like, wow. Yeah, and I noticed at the beginning of games when you watch there, like it does take them some getting used to, especially in pregame when they're just shooting. No one makes a shot during that point. But it's uh, it definitely takes some getting used to. And then we had the Baker boys winning yesterday, and Davidson girls, unfortunately, were eliminated. But, you know, again, another outstanding year for Charlie Ship. He gets it done here. Yeah, uh, I think that's 20 in a row uh, area championships for Coach Ship. They, now, they did miss the COVID year. A girl got sick, and they made them forfeit. But other than that, it's been 20 in a row. That's outstanding. Wow. What a record. Guys, I can't thank you enough. You were fantastic to talk to. Oh, no, this was a pleasure. Y'all come by every day. Well, we right have. Sure, it'll be fine. <laughs> by demand, Baker has, they want Matt there next oh, week. Oh, goodness. Okay. It's, All right. It's Steve Norman and, and <laughs> Yeah, and Matt so, so Steve, no, I'm bringing a guitar. I told him I would in the fall. A lot of people don't know this, but he plays the guitar and sings, and I didn't want to do it in the fall because I thought, uh, then people will be like, oh, he's goofing around you, and he lost do you the play game. The so. sing? No, good. No, no, no. I just DJ. I can't. I have no musical skills outside of what everybody else can do. Well, uh, Coach Norman playing the guitar at 7 a.m. has little to do with the game at night. He could play the guitar. Yeah, Tell him to get off of that yeah, and play okay. the guitar. <laughs> it's, I'm bringing it. I'm bringing it next week. <laughs> get ready. All right. I do want to thank again Dr. Christopher Mullenix, our title sponsor, the Barnes family of McDonald's restaurants, Greer's Market, and Cash Saver. Beef O'Brady's, Tillman's Corner. Todd came out here, and we really appreciate oh, his yeah. presence awesome. here. Uh, Rich's Car Wash, Ward International Trucks, LNS Air Conditioning, Green and Phillips Injury Law Firm. Enjoy your Mardi Gras weekend. Hey, I forgot. We would want to. It's happy birthday to Michael Jordan. It's his birthday today. 60th. Yes. 60th. Oh, wow. Believe that. Ooh, that Jump man is 60. Thanks. Woo. Thanks, guys. Nick, great job at the uh, on the board once again. I really appreciate your efforts there. And we'll say goodbye and hand it over to Dan Patrick and the Danettes. See you Monday. We'll be back Monday.